Welcome to the 298th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on August 21st, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I'm the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's bringing them hot numbers, Carlos Rodella. Oh, my score numbers? My review score, score numbers? numbers? That's right. That's exactly right. Ooh, baby. We should talk about that. We should talk about that. So as listeners may have detected in last episode, if you listened to last episode, we we kind of dropped like an official review, and I think that we're going to be, as a show, kind of doing this from now on. Um, it kind of was a happy accident, thanks to Carlos. Kind of He uh, had just kind of this off-the-cuff moment that kind of blossomed into something else, which was awesome. Um, I love a happy accident when it happens and we kind of ran with it and I feel like it's kind of taking off a little bit. So last week we had an official scored review, uh, for sword and fairy together forever. And this week, Carlos is going to be bringing an official scored review for cult of the lamb, which I'll chip in a little bit. Carlos really played the most of that. And I think that as a show, we're going to be doing scored reviews whenever it feels appropriate. We're not going to do it every time. It's not going to be for every game. Like whenever, one of us really clicks with something or whenever we feel very strongly about something, maybe we'll do it. Um, so you can look forward to those. And the reason um, that this is probably important to call out is that these scores are actually going to be on Metacritic. They are going to be ranked. So we are very honored and big thanks to the people over at Metacritic. Um, so you can look forward to hearing those scores here and also seeing them in print, not only at Metacritic, but also at GameCritics.com where we will host a written transcript of the review portion in an effort to be very transparent and thorough carlos what do you think it's crazy it's crazy we're it is uh, kind of crazy we're on Metacritic. it's cool yeah i'm really excited and uh again thanks to them for reaching out and it, yeah happy accident i mean like it's all started with stray <laughs> the fact that i just loved it so much i think yeah people are, like pulling quotes from that and um yeah we're just honest on this show and brutally honest sometimes <laughs> true and, and uh we love the things we love and uh, it's cool to have uh those go out there in review form so cool yeah very excited about that so uh once again thanks to metacritic uh really honored to be a part of that and we're uh, excited to bring that one little extra bonus piece of content to the show but in addition to these scored reviews we've got all the good stuff that everybody knows and loves and we're going to just kick it off we've got a long show big show today so no more wasted time starting over the housekeeping as y'all know carlos and i share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape on my side i got a couple things but carlos you want to maybe kick us off yeah just a couple kind of uh jump backs to old games i was uh playing oh, okay recently. that's um, fun well, first off, obviously, we should mention Cult of the Lamb, which in this show, I will be doing what you just said, giving a review. Junk, junk, junk. Dun, dun, dun. But uh, I was seeing Gaming in the Wild on Twitter. We were back and forth all the time about this game. Yeah, I love that guy. Oh, yeah. I was watching your guys' uh, your little your little discourse, and it seems like you both have uh, been bitten by the bug pretty often. We got bitten by the bug. Uh, that'll show up in the review a little bit. But more than that, I think we're just like following each other's progress and... And what really happened, not to go into it too much, but like, yeah, as everybody's been seeing on the internet, Cult of the Lamb just kind of blew up. And it not only blew up kind of like with marketing, but with the fact that people just really like sharing content with each other about it. And that's always a really good sign for a game. Uh, people making fan art, people making memes. And uh, I, I shared a meme, by the way. And the meme, did you see it? I don't think I did, no. It's a little cartoon lamb, and he has a sign he's putting up, and the sign says, uh, please stop dying of old age before you can be sacrificed. 
<laughs> now that's a joke that you really only get if you play the game. Um, I mean, that's that's entirely appropriate because literally just this morning before the show, I had my very first guy get to old age, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice you because you're old. So I I get that joke. I right. Do. And then when you get back from a run and like you have an old guy and you're just about to like do some stuff and you need some energy and then like you see a bunch of dead people and you're like, damn it, I was going to use you for something and I have to just put you in the, what's it called? Recycle the, bin. The burial hole. <laughs> no, there's a recycle bin. Oh, is there? Yeah, I, I don't even have build a one bin. and you oh, just throw funny. him in there. And it recycles him into fertilizer, I think. It's gross. That's hilarious. Anyways, um, yeah, we were sharing memes and I shared that uh, picture and then um, he showed a picture of his like, you know, camp. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I should go back in. <laughs> because even though I beat it, I was like, I could just like mess around and like make my camp bigger. Because you do all the decorations and stuff. Yeah, you can keep doing that stuff. So I did for a while. And um, it's just crazy. The game lets you go back in and, you know, you're just doing runs to do runs and get resources and stuff. Small side missions. But it really did feel like I could just go back in. And that was kind of cool. Right on, right on. I love when you can just tinker around with something. I don't. I saw somebody on Twitter. I'm not going to name them because I don't. I don't think that they maybe want to be called out for this. And I'm not trying to call anybody out by any means. But I saw one person who I follow in the game circle, and they were like, you know, I really feel like every game should have a new game plus because I feel like a game is incomplete without it, and I just want that extra challenge, and I want those extra mastery things, and I want something to work for. And boy, I sure couldn't disagree more. I really I really don't feel like I ever really want a new game plus. But what I do like is the ability to go back and tinker, kind of like what you're saying, where maybe you don't have like I don't want everybody to get 10 times harder. I don't want 50 more dungeons to go through. I don't want like a hard challenge, but I, I would like the ability to go back and play with something, build something I didn't get a chance to build the first time, uh, change my the layout of my camp around just putter with stuff and feel good about it is something that i like but not not a new game plus yeah exactly or if it's like you know really cool story driven dlc yeah um, yeah, i'll yeah. take that like by the way this isn't just i just thought of this organically but dying light uh is having a new dlc i think come out i thought they were done no story dlc right yeah story dlc yeah 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 yeah. so i'm excited about that very exciting. Um, and then my other thing real quick, which is Sword and Fairy, which I mentioned. And again, we mentioned in the beginning of the show, which uh, scored review, our first one. Um, I forgot to mention a couple key things. One, the music is awesome. Like, really rememberable. That's not a word. Memorable. Memorable. Yeah, yep. there you go. Or rememberable. That could be the name that of the podcast. Too. That works, too. Um, the side missions do a lot of things, with, which is interesting, where they like make different mechanics in the side missions. I kind of alluded to that the first time we talked about it. Um, but like, there's one where you go back and you're as a kid, you're like a young kid one of one of the characters and you can only like do slingshot, you know? And, uh, it's really cool. Like, I just love all their little side missions. And the other thing I just want to say is, yeah, the locations are ridiculously awesome. Like so beautiful. Um, yeah, there's just so much to like in that game. Really, really like it. But I just want to mention those few things. A quick question. I know that we scored it last episode at that time. You were like a hop, skip, and a jump away from the end. Did you end up finishing and I, rolling credits I on it? I didn't because, again, similar to... It's long, right? It's, it's long, really long, but not that. It's like, I just enjoy it. Like, it's some games I'm really excited to get to the end, and this one, I hit a point where I was mainlining it. I think I talked about that last episode. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just beat this thing. But then I got, like, again, caught up in the story, and I went through this one character, his, like, backstory about him being a kid and losing someone really important to him. And then I cared again. And I was like, well, I'm not going <laughs> to rush. <laughs> Who's rushing? This is good. Um, and there's just so many really interesting concepts in that game. It's it's so close to, 
I almost bumped it up. Uh, really? We're not. We're really? not changing it. No, um, you cannot change it once you do that. No, so no, because I, I I still stand by it. But um, yeah, 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 I'm just taking my time with it. That's all. Uh, well, that's a good place to be, right? It's nice to have something you can chew on and you know just kind of work at at your leisure. I mean, I I haven't done that for a while because I'm just so busy. But I do keep a list of games that I do kind of want to chip away at. And honestly, I kind of feel like cult of the lamb which we're about to talk about in a second is kind of might be one of those games because i noticed i'm coming back to it i can't really sit down and just like play it for two hours but i do like to play it a little bit every day so maybe i'm going to just chip away at that and i i'm kind of still chipping away at graveyard keeper mm. you know Cross or something like that so i do have a few that i kind of like am nursing and just kind of a little bit here a little bit there so those are very uh, similar styles to the graveyard keeper and cult yeah. of the lamb where you just kind of yeah. go back and, and tinker for a bit farm something tinker yeah sure yeah uh, all right, let's see. What do I have for housekeeping? Uh, really quickly, um, we mentioned DLC a second ago for Dying Light 2. Along that same line, uh, Boyfriend Dungeon, which we talked about on the show. Did you, I know I talked about it. Did you ever play Boyfriend Dungeon, Carlos? I did, and we were talking about games before the show. I just thought I'd make, the, make this clear to everybody because <laughs> this is a funny thing. We, neither of us, I guess, really remember all the games we play because we play all of them. Um, but there's a game that's coming up on this show that I played and you didn't know that I played. And not only did I play it, but I played it on this show. Um, or no, I talked about it on the show. But that's the same one, Boyfriend Dungeon. We both played it, and I think we both talked about it on the show. Yeah, I can't remember. You know, <laughs> like, related related tangent, I was talking to a friend of mine who is coming into town, Seattle for PAX West, and they wanted to um, get together. And I said, well, you know, I, I wish I could, but I can't. I'm not doing anything because COVID and stuff. But but I'm like, it's been a while since we've seen each other. You're really a cool person. I would love to hang out if possible, but just not possible. And they were like, yeah, what was the last time we saw each other in person? And like, I was able to tell them, like, not like not the date, but I was like, the season. I remembered what hotel they were in. I remembered what street they were on. I remember what restaurant was at the base uh, of that hotel. I remember what we um, played in the hotel room because it was like a hotel demo. I remember like what he looked like at that time. I can remember all of that. And honestly, that was probably eight years ago. All right. And I can't tell you what I had for breakfast today. So I, <laughs> that weird long-term memory that gets locked in your brain, as opposed to, I guess, podcast memory for me is a very ephemeral thing. I, I, I honestly don't remember you ever talking about the game that we're about to talk about on the show. So. Well, in your defense, we do play every single game. Uh, it's almost not. Uh, a joke at this point i think we really do play it's most pretty of close it's pretty close um, yes and so yeah and then plus we bring the games like back multiple times sometimes you know so yeah anywho anywho um, the point yeah. being of me bringing up boyfriend dungeon was that there's a brand new dlc it is the uh uh is it the first or is it the last i don't know if it's first and last or maybe it's just the last but basically this is there's no more dlc after this the game is now quote-unquote complete at this point they are adding, I want to say, three new romance interests and I think one more dungeon and, of course, some story that goes along with that. Um, so this is the final content. I remember liking the dating sim part of Boyfriend Dungeon, but I had a lot of problems with the story and I didn't think the combat was great. But overall, I found it to be pretty charming and fun. I believe I beat it a couple of times. Do you remember what you thought of Boyfriend Dungeon? Yeah, that's the one where they like forced me on, to go on dates with guys that I didn't yes, want to they go forced on dates you. With. Yes, 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 yes. And then some of them were pretty shady. One of them was a super creep, super yeah. creep, and I didn't want to be around them. And I Same. feel like that was Same. a lot of the time. So yeah, yeah. 
All right. Anyway, uh, shout out for Boyfriend Dungeon. I, I feel like it's worth playing just heads up that you do have to go on a date with a creepy asshole, yeah. which was really gross. My biggest problem with the game was that. But there you go. It's final content. Um, and also the final bit that I have for housekeeping here is actually uh, some fan mail from superfan Elio Campitelli. Always love to get email from Elio. Hello, Elio. Thank you so much for writing in. Um, so he has something related to the upcoming 300th episode. Uh, I'm going to read his email right here. He says, hey, I love Horny Brad on the show, uh, which is a very great compliment. Thank you very much. <laughs> he said, I discovered Max Gentleman's sexy business thanks to him, and I always enjoy his sex positive vibe. Love that game, and I try to be sex positive. I recall a while ago you guys promised a special episode about horny games, and I don't remember you delivering, so could that be an idea for the 300th episode? Or if not, maybe for 301. Anyway, I like sexiness in my games, but too many are pretty bad, which is truth. Uh, it would be cool to hear a few selections of quality games featuring TNA, sex and romance, especially games that feature a wide diversity of sexualities, body types, and gender identities. So, uh, Elio, I 100% agree with you. Um, I would love to do that show. But um, I think there's a couple issues. I think number one is like it's just really hard to find a game that's really worth talking about. Um, we talked recently about Countess and Crimson, which was another one that I feel like was really good and we're talking about. We talked about Max Gentleman, which I think is wonderful. I, in fact, I think I'm going to probably go back to that. There's some DLC for it. Uh, we talked about uh, Life with Aino, A-I-N-O, where it was like that cyborg girl that was like a, a, a girl raising sim, which was a pretty good game. Yeah. But man, out of I mean, those are like the highlights of all the ones that I played that I feel like are really legit. Oh, Honey Pop was pretty good. Honey Pop was a legit game, too. Um but I, oh man, I just, I find so many that are bad. I, just, I don't even really want to talk about them. I mean, Carlos, any discoveries or like, what do you think about Elio's idea here? Yeah, I like the idea. By the way, we did talk about it and we had a couple yeah. ideas. Um, COVID's making it difficult to do the idea that I wanted to do. Yeah. But um, other than that, we have a couple other ideas, but that's interesting to me because we did promise it and I don't think we did it, which I don't like not doing promises. Same, same, same. And also, I just found a sexy game that I thought I would be really funny and like. Oh, yeah? Um, I can't remember the name of it. I'm looking for it right now, and I can't find it. But uh, And it's got a lot of chapters and a lot of different weird stuff in it. Uh, there's actually two. So there's two that I have uh, that I think would be funny slash sexy for the show. So if you had two, okay, I will, four, okay, so, that's not oh, that hard to do. I mean, I mean... I guess not. Okay, so, oh, that's fine. I think that's good. Okay, so let's make a deal then. I don't know that we can pull this off for episode 300 or 301, but, like, I'm going to put it down on the agenda and say I will commit to try to finding two brand new games that we haven't talked about yet. Carlos, if you can find two. I have two. I mean, that's a pretty good. Oh, yeah. you have two. Get yeah. those two as, as long as they pan out, right? As long as they're actually good. You bring two. I'll bring two. That's maybe not an entire show, but that's maybe like a short show or maybe just like a big chunk of a show. Yeah. And I feel like we can kind of deliver on that. I think just the real challenge is finding something um, that for me is number one. The writing has to be at least tolerable, if not funny. I prefer funny. And also, I feel like there has to be a game there and not just like TNA and sex. Like it's it can't just be, um, you know, naked people with like barely a game there. Like I have to feel like it's worth my time. And that's it's a real challenge. So um, I'll commit to two. Carlos, you've got two. I don't know an ET on this, but we'll find it. And then also, Elio, if you know of any games or if anybody else listening um, can think of any sex-positive games, or if you are an indie developer that feels like your sex-positive game might meet our criteria, send it in. Like, I'm I'm up for it. Like, I, I feel like we want to give them a shot. I feel like I want to be open to those, that aspect of gaming. 
and human experience, but it's just, there's a lot of crap out there and I don't want to bring crap to the show. Yeah. And by the so, way, yeah, I feel like talk about like underserved in the podcast community. Super. No one's talking about it at all. No. And I think for me, yeah, it either has to be two things. One, look, the thing that I always want, which is just more mature Witcher, yes. right? Like an yes, RPG that's yes. awesome, but also has some like real more believable sex scenes uh, instead of like just cutting away like they do. Like we're like a PG movie. You know what I mean? If you think yeah. about it, that's what video games do. They're like, well, that's PG-13 for you. Now go to the next scene. Fade to black. And Fade to on. black. Um, yeah. And that's how babies are made. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, like that. And then also, like, I like comedy with it. Because the one same, I'm looking at right same. now, it's so ridiculous. You, like, rent a, ca- a cottage and, like, all these people show up, like, Airbnb or something. But each one has, like, a crazy story. Uh, but there also is sex. So, oh man. Okay. So after the show, tell me these ones because maybe yeah, I'll check I'll them out too. Them if up. we can both play them, that might be pretty cool. Okay. Okay. All right. But again, anybody got suggestions? Any developer you want to get your game on here? Get in touch. Reach out. And Elio, thank you very much for your suggestion. We will do our best to make this happen. Um, no specific ETA, but absolutely we're going to try to deliver for you, man. So thank you again. Yep. Um, and that's all the housekeeping I have. Any last housekeeping from you, Carlos? Nope. I've already closed the door. All right, let's move on to the main content of the show. we got plenty of games to talk about. Let's kick it off with another So Video Games official review of Cult of the Lamb. Now, we talked about this game in depth, uh, I think, last episode or the episode before I played it, you played it. Um, so for anybody who wants our in-depth thoughts, please go back. I believe it's show 297, which has all of the details. But for now, um, Carlos, you've played it more since then, and I believe you actually finished it. So why don't you let us know what you think of Cult of the Lamb? Yeah, I had to do a review because I did beat it. And then, like I just said at the beginning of the show, I went back to it, you know, and yeah. that's a pretty good. Uh, hey, did you play the game? Yeah, I beat it and also went back to it. So I think uh, I think that's I know, high praise. That's high praise. High praise yeah. Um, yeah. So I think in general, like it is even though there was the bugs that uh, we encountered and that was in the beginning, there was a soft lock, which is really bad. Um, but then when I restarted, I never had that problem again. So it was a one one and done, right? We, we talk about a lot of games in this show, and it's like, oh, there's many bugs, and they persist. Well, that one was just a one and done. So if I take that off the list, because that's just like early game stuff, right? Sure. I mean, and that's the best kind of bug to have, right? A one and done, one time off, something weird happened, no problem, as long as it's not a repeatable or like a save killing kind of thing. Yeah. And the only other bug that I don't know if we mentioned last episode uh, in, in the in-depth review was that there is, um, I think it's kind of being patched out now, but there was some lag in the actual gameplay. Did we talk hmm. about that last time? Um, I don't recall if we did or not. I haven't encountered that myself, and I'm playing on Xbox. It's been totally fine as far as frame rate and speed so no no issues for me on that okay i'm playing on pc so i'm not sure if that's the difference but on pc i did notice it do some hangs and you know when you're doing a action combat kind of thing uh you need all those frames um, but those two things aside this game is a roguelike that i enjoy which is hard to do right we've talked about that in this show it's hard you are, to do that. you are not mr roguelike but i feel like you're becoming you're becoming like friendly to roguelikes or maybe roguelike curious perhaps i'm more than curious i really do like a good one if it makes sense and i think what's great about cult of the lamb is that progression you have the camp you have something you can go back to and build up right and you can feel like i'm accomplishing something in this game no matter if i just fail this dungeon run i'll go back to the dungeon i'll try again but when i come back home i got some hungry mouths to feed i have these uh, structures to build and then when you look at it, you go, I did pretty good today. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I I have a pretty cool camp, and this is making me feel good about the game. So you mix that together with what I think is an awesome dodge roll. You know me, I love dodge rolls. <laughs> Carlos Dodge Rodella. That's my name. And the action's super fun, and the runs are short, which I think is great in a roguelike. So it's like you can finish a whole thing in six to seven minutes. Yes. So yes, I go agree, in and out. Agree. Yeah. And I just feel really accomplished when I get out of there. And even if you don't beat the boss the first time, you might beat it the second or third time, and it's fine. So for me, besides a couple little bugs, I think in general, the simulation mixed with this crazy, fun, addictive um, action element, it just feels like it does no wrong. It's just like, no, no, I just want to keep going back to this game. So it's high praise. I'm still kind of playing it because I like want to go work on my camp, son. Uh, some so I'm gonna say this might be a surprise. You I don't know, but it's it's got to be a nine. Wow, that's higher than I thought you were gonna go. Okay, okay, that's fair. I, I mean, I I get what you're saying, dude. I totally like everything you're saying makes sense to me. Like I get it, um, and I I don't know that I disagree. I'm not that far, so I don't really have as much of an opinion as you do. I'm about maybe. I'm less than halfway for sure. Um, but I do really like the combination of the sim elements. I think that is really something that is lacking from a lot of roguelikes, right? Like mm -hmm. you and I have talked about this many times where I feel like progression, some kind of tangible permanent progression for me anyway, and I think probably for you too, is really necessary to to give us the impetus to keep going because yeah. if it, you just get wiped back to zero, it just gets really discouraging after a while and you just, I, I mean, I just kind of lose hope sometimes. Um, so that it does that really well the 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 camp stuff is a good balance for the combat like when you get tired of the combat you can go farm stuff and when you get tired of farming you can go combat there's also the mini games i mean i feel like it's a really really well balanced product i don't have a final opinion on it yet my only downside and i don't even really even understand how to explain this downside but like i said earlier it's like i like to play it and i like to play a little bit every day but i i just get bored when i sit there for like maybe like if I, if I try to do like multiple runs, I kind of burn out on it and I want to just do like a couple runs and not many. So it's not the kind of game that I can really play for two, three hours at a time, which I mean, isn't really a requirement for being a good game. It's just something is weird to me because I think that I like it, but I only want to play a little bit of it. So I guess I don't know what that means at this point. I'm going to still think about it some more. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty decent score. I think you have made a good case for it and I, I can't say that I really disagree. Well, really quick to that point, I think that actually it does make a great rogue roguelike because I played it the same way. You know, I just happened to beat it and I did play it in like little chunks and it made me excited every time I went to go play a little chunk, you know? Okay. Um, and the other thing I want to say about the review in general, though, because I think this is a really important, maybe overlooked point. The graphics are really cool. Like, I just like the style of them. Yeah. I think the depth of field stuff they're doing is is amazing. And uh, people don't talk about that when they zoom in on the characters. It looks really cool. But I think the biggest thing about why I like this roguelike, it, it mixes the simulation. It mixes that persistence thing you talked about. And then it also adds humor. Like, we're talking about, like, something I really want to go see what each character is saying. You know, yeah. I want to go and, and find this new area that opened up and play a dice game with these weird snake creatures. I want to go to the new fishing area, and that guy's kind of shady that I'm talking to that I'm giving him all the fish for some reason, but why is he shady, and is there a story there? It's almost like it alludes to more than is actually happening. Does that make right, sense? Right. It's like yeah, you know, these little way, characters have their own lives. Yeah. It, in some ways, in, a, in some ways, it kind of reminds me of, oh, man, what was that? 
Zelda-like, Souls-like game that came out a little while ago where you were like a crow. You were like a little bird or something, and like all the bosses were like big crows, and like one boss was a frog. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking uh-huh, about? I do. I can't think of the name right now. Oh, my goodness. It was... Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. It's it too many games. You, it's too many games. Whatever that game is, it's going to come to me in five seconds. Um, but everybody liked that game when it came out. And the, the, the similarity is it feels like there's a world and every character feels like there is a story there, even if there isn't. But you you have that desirable quality of, hmm, I wonder if I talk to this person enough times, maybe something will happen. Or maybe if I come back at nighttime, something will happen. Or maybe if I get further in the game, something will happen, which is a great feeling to have. And even if it doesn't pan out, you at least get the sense that there's depth there rather than just like some random merchant who's like, hi, welcome to my store, period. You know, like yeah. you get a little bit of extra. So I appreciate that. It's it's not an easy thing to do and not everybody shoots for it. So I think they do it really well and it adds what I think is a necessary necessary. Wow. No, that's not that's Wait, not a word. That, that word next to the other word I came up necessitary, with. Rememberable yes. necessitary. That's uh, the name of the podcast. A yes, a, a necessary element to adding depth to your game. I'm gonna write it down here. So um and to that well, to finish this uh, up is I think you you mix yeah you mix comedy with persistent uh, base building mixed with fun short dungeon runs short runs yes right that's it like that's my special sauce i think special sauce i mean you get you had all those things that's a that's a good sauce i like that sauce put that on my burger please all right cool um so i guess i guess that's called to the lamb i feel like this is a winner for us i think we both really enjoy i think it's a great game it seems like everyone in the world likes it right now so we're not really surprising anybody with this take i think i know but but to that point i'm like i mentioned last time just like because we do get get to play a lot of games early i still feel like cult of the lamb and a couple other games we've mentioned is like that indie band you knew about before everybody else knew about it you were into them before they were cool i was totally into them before they were cool like i was playing this for a long time ago anyways all right there we go. Call to the Lamb. All right. Moving on. Uh, let me talk for... No, no, no. Actually, no. Let's go back. Let's stay with you for a second, Carlos. Or maybe... We'll see. Hindsight. Hindsight is a game that you and I both played for the podcast. So I guess either one of us can lead off on it. Yeah. Um, this is a artistic game coming from Annapurna. So you and I both are kind of fans of Annapurna's game output. And we yep. always keep an eye out for what they do. We like Annapurna. Um, this is an, uh, a game where... Y- it's kind of hard to describe, but like it's a, a narrative game where the the hook to gameplay is that you look at objects in a 3D space and you have to like rotate them around. And when you find the right angle on it, it kind of like, quote unquote, leads you or opens the door to like the next section in storytelling. So you're kind of looking at things, rotating around, you see the right angle, like a little flash goes off. So, you know, you're in the, in the sweet spot and then you click on it. And it takes you to like the next section. And that's how they're, that's how the storytelling goes on. There's a few other mechanics here and there, but that's the bulk of gameplay, I think. So um, I don't know. Carlos, you want to you start off on this one? Yeah. And by the way, it, it really does suit itself for VR, I feel like. When I was watching it, I was like, I really... Oh, is this also a VR game? No, it isn't, I don't think. Oh, okay. But I'm just saying when I was watching it, would it be, yeah. I felt like it could be, yeah, like you're moving through space and it just might be really cool. Um, yeah, it's definitely that kind of... Oh, by the way, it's, it feels very much like As Dusk Falls. Um, in its presentation, and I'll explain. Okay. Uh, there's very few choices, but there are some choices uh, in this game, but mostly uh, for like achievements and stuff. And I don't know if it'll actually affect the ending, but because it seems like a story. But um, and the fact that there's all freeze framed images, 
So everything that you're in, all your environments are frozen in time. Yes, exactly. Which is very pun intended because it's all about time and, you know, your past. And so it's just interesting because there's no like real movement. And there is one scene, like there's like a couple scenes where you're in a car. And just like as dusk falls, it seems like it's driving. So they did some animation. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But in yeah. general, it's all just frozen frames, right? That's the that's exactly, what this game yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And like you said, you're moving through uh, the space with your analog stick or your mouse, and then you're basically finding areas within the screen or the, the scene to push through, and you're going to go through this, this object and go into another scene, which is hard to explain in a podcast. But basically, like, the, the woman's holding up a leaf. You move a, rotate around the leaf until you see the backside of it. You see a new scene inside the leaf. Yes, it's very dreamlike. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you go into that like, and it, it's it's forward in time or something, or backwards in time. Yeah, the leaf opens up into like a new scene, and then you're into this new scene, and you know, hopefully, there's like some kind of uh, intellectual through line that you can follow, and you know, as, as the story unfolds, you can kind of see scene to scene to scene. Hopefully, right. And the story is about a woman who's looking back into her past. It, it starts early with showing her getting older, and then kind of going back um, in the modern day for her. Uh, and then she's kind of Rick reminiscing about her childhood and just everything that happened to her in her life. Um, real quick side note, I was already feeling pretty down when I watched this, when I started this game mm-hmm. because of like my age and like being older and stuff. And it's a real, it's a real thing. Like, I'm just like, Oh wow. There's not a lot of time left. You know? Oh God. <laughs> I know that sounds terrible, but that's where my head was at. Sure. And then I sure. start this game, and it's just literally her getting older and older. Yeah. I was like, no, I don't know if I can handle this. Um, but it maybe affected me more because of that, because you are really look, looking right. back into her life, but you can right. like mirror that with your own. Wait, wait, tang- tangent real quick. Somebody addressed that exact thing, right? So somebody was like, ah, you guys are so fucking cranky about, oh, you don't like too many games. You should just shut up and enjoy a game for what it is. And somebody, it wasn't me. I was just observing this, this back and forth. And somebody um, came back and they're like, well, you know, after you've been around for a while and you played some games, you start to realize you've got more years behind you than you do ahead. And then you start to get more selective about what you play. Uh, and I'm like, ooh, that made me sad. Yeah. Also a little bit depressed, but also very true. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's it's a common theme that's running through my head. We're nosediving. Nosediving. I'm going to pull out a lot of that. And the game. No, no, don't, don't pull out. Pull up. That's a totally different. And so. pulling up and over <laughs> and to the left uh, and out of the situation. Oh, God. Here we go. Okay. The the game, by the way, I played, I went back and forth between mouse and controller. Which one did you use? Controller? I played it on, I want to say Switch. So I used the Switch um, Pro Controller because I was playing it in dock mode. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I went back and forth. The mouse works better for certain things, like you'll be painting or something. Uh, yeah, that sucked on a controller. And it sucked on a controller. But on the mouse, it was great. So because I'm playing this on PC, I just switched. That's cool. I don't know if the developer wanted me to do that, but that's how I was doing it. So if a scene was like better for mouse, I just use my mouse real quick. I mean, why not? Why not? Why not? And then I jump back to the controller. But for the most part, I really like the controller, how it handles in this. There's even a scene where you have to just like spin around something for a bunch. Oh, my God. Yes. I. Oh, you didn't I'm, like that? I thought it was intuitive. I just I started, no, I started okay. doing it, and then it, it made a new scene. I was like, okay, I so let's, let's, let's pause on this. I'm really glad you brought this up. And this is an excellent point, Carlos. You are, okay. you are so on point with this. Because a common theme <laughs> – it's funny. We don't plan this at all, and then we find these little organic threads. So a common theme for me in this show was unintuitive. 
Um, mm. I felt like a lot of this game, hindsight, some of it was okay, and some of it was really unintuitive, and I had that problem. Um, that scene you're describing, and for people who don't know, there's a scene where this lady is sitting in a office or something, and it's it's like you move the controller and you, you feel like something's happening. Clearly, Carlos picked up on it a lot faster than I did, but I was like, what's going on? I don't understand what's happening. And I was moving things around trying to get to the next scene. I didn't see any of the cues that normally tell you how to move on. And I got really frustrated because I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. I don't get it. And then I was just like spinning the camera around looking for more things. And just from me looking for something to do, it ended up that you had to spin the camera like three or four times. And that is what moved you to the next scene. Yeah. But that was the very first time it came up. And I don't feel like it was very well um, telegraphed at all. Uh, similarly, earlier in the game, like real early in the game, you're looking at a couple of boxes and you need to um, at first you're not sure what to do with them. They glow. So yeah. you're like, OK, clearly they're interactive. Right. I don't know about you, but like when I I was using the controller, I clicked on the box and it kind of moved. Yeah. So I'm like, OK, I click. And then it moved like a, like a quarter of an inch. And I'm like, I got to click on this. And I thought maybe it was like a, a button mash QTE or something. So I click and I'm like, okay, this sucks. I hate clicking buttons. This totally blows. Turns out you can just hold it and move, but they don't tell you that. And it's yeah. not intuitive. And if that's what it was supposed to be, it shouldn't have moved when I clicked the button because it was giving me a suggestion to click. So I feel like we're going to, we're going to come back to this theme a couple times in the show, but that idea of what is intuitive and what is not, I, I guarantee you, what is intuitive is not universal. What is intuitive for one person no. is not intuitive for the next person. Well, that... I'm, I'm, yes, this week, up to my limit with game developers who are not in tune with me. Okay, right, in tune with you because like life is subjective, right? So exactly, there's exactly. nothing you can make for everybody. Um, but you have a valid point too because it wasn't intuitive to you. Weirdly enough, I was going to lead off with this, but now I'm glad I, I didn't. I don't know, but like I was going to think that this whole game was intuitive. Ugh. Um, now I did do the box thing that you did because I was laughing when you were did saying. Did you click that. as well? On I the clicked buttons? as well, and they okay. just kept vibrating. Yeah, I was like, I'm vibrating these boxes for no reason. What am I doing this for? I, yes, exactly. And then I did finally have to slide them, and so, but then they they introduced more of those sliding things, right? Sure. Like then sure. it's all over the place. Sure. But yeah, the spinning thing, I just got right away. I think because they introduced the idea of spinning objects around. You know, like to look at the back side of it. Yeah. Then I started, look, maybe if I just keep spinning around in a circle. I don't know. For some reason, I got that one. But yeah, for me, I didn't really get like, besides those first boxes, I just started like hitting all the buttons all the time. And mm. I just found things um, pretty quick. And okay. yeah, but in general, I really like it. I haven't finished it. I'm at like chapter four or five. I don't know how many chapters there are. I think um, there's seven. Oh, then I'm pretty, yeah. I guess in these kind of games, you're, I'm almost done. You're more um, than half. Yeah, and I really, really, I mean, I like it. It was it was tough for me to deal with this in this moment of my own subjective mindset about getting sure. older. Sure, But I do like games that um, explore this kind of stuff and make you think about things you might be weren't going to think of, which is like your childhood and, um, you know, what your parents were like and why they were the way they were. I think that's part of the story, right? It's like, uh, I don't know. I have no idea, honestly, because oh, I'm going gonna... to come in on the other side of this, Carlos, okay, because I got to yeah. say, I really didn't like this game at all. I really just did not like it. Okay. Um, I did not connect with it. I felt like, apart from the irritation of the non-intuitive controls, which is a skill, I want to just say really quickly, doing something and making it intuitive, it's not, it's not what you think and then roll with it. It's like it's a skill. You have to test it. You have to practice it. Workshop it with people. Like it's a, it is a definite skill to make things intuitive like that. I do not feel they succeeded in here for me anyway. But in terms of the story, I just I just didn't give a shit. Like I didn't connect with the character. 
I felt like every time we saw a scene, it was like, it felt like somebody was saying a platitude to me or like someone was preaching a very high minded concept. I didn't feel like I was getting the emotion from this character. I didn't feel like, um, I was in their life. I didn't really get that. I was feeling what they were feeling. If they were feeling anything, it felt very cold and detached and distant. And it felt like kind of a, I don't know, like a philosophical exercise or something. I just did not connect with it the way that I like to connect um, with people in stories like this. And with that lack of connection, all that was left was gameplay. And the gameplay is really cool for the first little bit. Like you're like, oh, rotate this thing and go inside. And oh, there's a whole world inside this leaf. And I'm inside the leaf now and I'm looking at this locket. And oh, there's a whole world inside the locket. And it seems cool when you do that. But after a while, you're like, okay, that's all this is. is I'm just clicking things. And going to a new scene, it's once the the novelty of it wears off, it needed some more juice to kind of keep it going. And I just I got really bored of it and I did not feel involved in any way. I do not think I will finish it. I just I was really struggling to like find a connection point. And I just I just don't 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 think that I did. Well, let me agree with you for a second. I I think that the way that uh, the voiceover is delivered in this is apathetic in a way. Mm -hmm. Like like a lot of her statements are questions. (laughs) And I was like, were you asking me? Because I don't know your story, you know? And she was like, did this mean this was what this was all about? And I was like, I don't know, lady. I'm not. I wasn't there. Um, so I, I did get frustrated in the fact that it didn't seem like it was saying anything about the events. Yeah. It was more like she was asking a bunch of questions about this thing that happened to her. But the only reason I'm going to say that I might have like got more enjoyment out of it, or at least was more attached to it, is because of my mindset. You know what I mean? It's all about yeah. that. It's like, where was my mind at? I was thinking about getting older. I was thinking about what I'd done in the past. And when I picked up this game, that's what it was doing. So right. I was like in it because of that reason. Like I've done, there's a scene, a lot of the uh, beginning is like packing. And I've done that, right? And by the way, that is the, the options. Uh, there's differences there. So you can pick different things to put in the, the um, suitcases and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can choose that a little bit. Um, but yeah, like I've done that, like playing the piano was kind of nice. And there was just some stuff that was like, oh yeah, it's like looking back on your life. So for me, it filled that little niche, you know? Um, but I agree with you on the kind of like delivery of it. It did, it wasn't the best. Well, you know, interestingly, I played most of this game on mute cause I was on the switch and, uh, I play a lot. I mean, in general, I play a lot of games on mute just because, and I, I had a really hard time telling who was even talking. Like, I don't feel like it was very well coordinated in that way i think that if the developers had played this game with a sound off they would have realized how differently it feels mm. and so you know game critics often looks at accessibility we, we have a large percentage of people who have um hearing issues or um you know any kind of deafness or hearing disabilities like that and so i often play a game on mute to see what it's like for for those people who come to our site and this game i feel like really suffers um if you play it on mute i feel like it's tough to tell what's going on you don't really catch a lot of emotion from any of the characters they seem like kind of mannequins and there's not a lot of visual things happening so if you can't hear the vocal tone it's like even further away from from what it is and it's it's really tough so and also you said mannequins but it is all freeze frame images right so and their faces they just don't have any like real emotion on their faces at all Right, it is. It's that style mixed with yeah. trying to tell a story that's emotional. Because yeah. we play games like this, you know, uh, many of them actually, where they're stories essentially. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And when you have more definition in characters, then you can get into it more, maybe sometimes. But I still enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I probably will finish it just because it's so short. But um, yeah, I agree with some of what you said as well. 
All right, cool. All right, there we go. That is Hindsight coming from Annapurna. Check it out uh, if you like your artistic, uh, you want to see some new visual tricks, uh, relatively short story. There you go. Well, no, I'll say if you're like looking back in your life like I was. And yes, if you're having you the midlife something. crisis, looking back. Yeah. Feeling your feeling mortality, maybe check it out as well, or maybe don't. Maybe you shouldn't. Should you? I think you know? I I think it I, it helped me in a way because I was like, okay, yeah, these people get it. <laughs> like <laughs> I know it's like all fucking downhill from here. Jeez Louise. Okay, don't use go. that as the quote. No, no, no these people get it. It's all downhill from here. From here. <laughs> no, that is a pretty funny quote though. Okay, moving on. Let me talk for a hot second about Roller Drome, which Ooh, is uh, out on PS5. I don't know, man. I know you and I talked about this before the show, and you were like, maybe I should get it. And I'm like, dude, I don't think this is your jam. Can I um, say something before we get started yeah, with the yeah, review? Yeah. So the reason why I thought I might like it, and you're going to either um, convince me or not, um, is that I listen to Skill Up. Uh, mm. I'm a, I love Skill Up on YouTube. And usually I like totally align with what he's thinking. So he said, and this is you know before your review, so I'm not spoiling it, hopefully. But he said, Doom mixed with Tony Hawk. And I like both those things. <laughs> and I like the, the new Doom where you like have to get, you know, attack first and get your health back. And I do like Tony Hawk. One of my favorite things is to do is like the, those kind of skate games. So that's why he said it. That's why I thought I might like it. Now tell me that I shouldn't like Man, it. Man, I, I get the Tony Hawk part. I don't know where he's getting Doom. But OK, let me let me just talk about it for a second. Yeah. Um, this comes from Roll7. Um, and they do. Are they the ones that do Ollie Ollie or am I mistaken? You might make a mistake. I'm going to look him up. I don't know. Look him up. Look up Roll7, the developer. I may be getting my wires crossed there. Anyway, this is a third-person action game that takes place in the near future. If memory serves, it's only like 10 years in the future or something like that. And it's like, uh, you know, the world is in uh, a giant shit show. They're doing like death, uh, death sports on TV because that's where we are as a society. And you play a woman who's entering this new sport where it's like... You're shooting people in an arena, but you're also roller skating. And while you're roller skating, you're doing tricks. And um, as so, okay, so it's third person. There's like rails to grind. There's little ramps. You can hold a button to spin and twist. And, you know, it kind of feels in some ways like a like a skateboarding tricks type game. Um, but I, I I didn't feel like there was like a ton of tricks. And honestly, it didn't really feel to me like that was a rewarding part to me. I mean, I guess I just wasn't really like clicking with how it, it it was tricking out. Like I didn't, I didn't get that Tony Hawk vibe of like trick, 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 trick combo. It just kind of felt like I'm rolling around in third person in a giant roller rink shooting dudes. And then I do a trick to get ammo back. Cause that's how you get ammo back. You have limited ammo. And when you run out of ammo, you have to do a trick. And the, the, the story premise is that the judges look at your trick and if they like it, they give you ammo based on your performance. Right. Um, I, I felt like it was pretty easy to get ammo back. I didn't feel like it was a big deal. I could always just like really quickly grind or just do a flip or something and my gun would refill. So I didn't feel like that was really a problem. Um, but it just, it just felt like I was skating around and trying to do these tricks. Each level, they give you like a bunch of objectives where it's like grab all of the trick markers and do a 360 flip over the ramp and kill the sniper before he shoots you. And, you know, there's like a bunch of, of, of things like that, which is okay. Um, but I, I was kind of like, God, I wish this was like a real level. Like I kind of wish it was like me skating through a world doing something or like, uh, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. more of an objective, like you're just in an, like a, in an arena and the arena changes. The first one is like a roller rink with like high walls. The next one, you're like in a desert Canyon. So the shape of the arena changes. They don't, it's not the same rink all the time. But it, it's not like you're 
it's not like jet grind radio or something where you're like going through a world or there's not like a level, like you're just doing this, this thing, mm-hmm. this, this checking off objectives in an arena. Um, I will say, um, okay. So good and bad. Good thing. I think the graphics are amazing. I think it looks so awesome. The first time you turn it on kind of like cell shaded, right? Yeah. It's yeah. kind of cell shaded, but like really like restrained and really kind of like everything is buttoned up, like really tight. I mean, like when you're just looking at emotion for the very first time, you're like, wow, this looks like, what's going on this is amazing like it looks great so props to the graphics i think the graphics are awesome um the downside is i do not like the way it controls i had a very hard time coming to grips with controls because it's fine when you're just like scanning and doing tricks it feels fine enough a little bit a little bit sluggish but not bad like it's okay especially because you're not on a skateboard but you're like on roller skates or whatever but there's a lot of times when i was shooting in a direction that my body was not traveling and it just Oh man, it just did not feel good at all. Like I was trying to like be nimble and move, but then I would have to like also aim and shoot. And there's a pretty generous auto aim. So that's not the problem. It's just like when, when you go to shoot somebody and you're, you're looking one way, but your body's going another way, it does not snap back the way that somehow my brain tells me it should. Like, I don't, Mm. I feel like it gets stuck somehow. And then all of a sudden I'm like careening off to the side that I didn't want to go because my gun was going the other way. And I feel kind of clumsy for like a few seconds. And this game seems to me like it should be really quick and nimble and like really fast. And I just, when those moments happen and they happen for me a lot, like it felt like lose inertia, lose momentum. I got to get back on track. And it's just like, uh, okay. It just, it just didn't something about that was not quite right. And Mm. I couldn't quite wrap my head around it. I don't know what it is exactly, but something my brain was like, no, this is not working for me. Can I ask you two questions? Yeah. 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 yeah, One, I heard that they don't have you fall like in, in skateboarding games because if you like, like crash and, and you know, burned, then someone would just shoot you and you die. So exactly. I think that's kind of an interesting mechanic where you can't crash then, right? You yeah, just, you can. You cannot wreck. You will yeah. never wreck. You just you just keep on going. Um, yeah. So that seems like a positive. But the, the negative, or, or I'm wondering about this like bullet time stuff, because it seemed like in um, a bunch of reviews I watched is that you get a little bit of bullet time, but that you can actually get more bullet time by doing certain things. Um, yeah. So like, doesn't that help when it comes to that kind of like being confused where you're at in the in the, in the world? I didn't find that it helped. I mean, I felt like killing guys was not the problem. I had no problem killing guys and dodging was really good. I mean, it just kind of, no, no, they didn't. That wasn't a problem at all. And I used bullet time all the time and I didn't feel like there was not enough of it. I mean, I feel that part was fine. It's just like something about something about bringing the camera back or something about moving while you're shooting and Mm. then coming back. Something about that wasn't working for me. Um, And I don't quite know what it was but bullet time wasn't a problem and it wasn't the solution either okay so i don't know quite what it was and honestly i feel like i don't know man i kind of was wishing this game was juicier than it was because like shooting the guys is it's kind of boring after a while like it's not really that exciting and i don't feel the tricks is that exciting and i didn't feel like the, there wasn't really a level you're kind of just doing these check off these objectives in a, in a bowl while you're skating it just it just didn't happen for me man i just was not grooving on like i was hoping i would and i i I guess in my head, I was kind of hoping that there would be more of a world or more of a, a level or more like, you know, like more organic kind of third person action. Mm-hmm. But it's you're just like doing tricks in, a, in a, an arena. So I, I noped out of it pretty quick. You convinced me not to get it then. You, you, oh, you successfully snap. done it. Well, here's a couple things that happened that actually made this change. One, okay. Roll7 did do Ali Ali. Um, okay, good. Okay, they okay. also did not a hero. But remember, I played Ali Ali World recently. Yes, you did. Uh, and I got frustrated with it because... It did show me, almost to what you said, in a different type of game totally, but it showed me an illusionary world, like this huge overworld. Yes. And all these characters and stuff that I really liked, but the actual gameplay was very simple. 
You know, it was yeah. the same thing as Ali Ali, and it wasn't yeah. really any different. And I got frustrated at the same spots as I did with the original Ali Ali. Yeah. So yeah. I noped out of that game. So if you're telling me this is essentially, yeah, just an arena where you do stuff, then I don't want to play it because where it, it seems like it could be, and you kind of almost get glimpses of in the marketing, is that it is what you said. It's like a Jets Jet Grind radio with these mechanics. Yeah. Like, sign me up for that. I, th- I feel like then I'd be more in. That's kind of what I thought it was getting, but it, it's not. Yeah. That's not what it is. Yeah. Okay. I'm backing away Homer Simpson into the bushes. There we go. All right. Did my duty. Saved you from uh, <laughs> taking that bullet. All right. That is Roller Drome. Looks great. I mean, maybe if somebody out there might might dig this. And I think there's even like online stuff or whatever. I didn't dip into that, but it just, just not my jam. Not my jam. Not for me. Uh, all right. Curse to Golf. Now, we have been uh, talking about this one for a long time. We saw the demo. We had Kinsey Burke on the show, who is a part of the publishing team for this. Uh, or, or is she a developer or a publisher? She's in the it's, it's a development mixture. team. The Chu High Labs. Chu High Labs. Chu High Labs. Yep. Um, so we love Kinsey. What's up, Kinsey? And uh, we love Chu High Labs. Hello. Um, so we've been talking about this for quite a while, and now the game is finally here. We got sent some codes to play this for the show, which we are doing right now. Um, I played a bit of it. Carlos, you played a bit of it. I've been talking for a while. You mind uh, leading off on Curse to Golf here? Yeah, which I remember uh, infamously thought was Cursed to, to, golf, to golf. Remember, That's I, what it's called, right? No. Wait, you don't remember anything. Remember when I thought it was Cursed to, to, to golf? Oh, yeah. There yeah, was yeah, no yeah. two in the middle. I just thought it was they were saying it weird. But it is. Okay, wait. It's Cursed to golf. It's three words. That's what I thought. Okay, that's what I thought. I okay. thought the whole time they were saying, like, Cursed funny. Like, Cursed to golf. Gotcha, yes. Cursed to golf or whatever. Anyways. Jeez, I think I made it more confusing. <laughs> uh, Curse to golf, three words. Yes. Um, is a roguelike. Uh, you know, there is definitely some elements that we were talking about earlier in a fun art style roguelike. Uh, different take on a roguelike, because that's what this game is. Yep, sure is. Upgrading yourself. Uh, some persistence when you go into the shop and getting cards. This game is a 2D uh, golf game, straight up golf game. But then you have cards. And we talked about that, I think, in the preview. Yeah, and they give you special powers and stuff. Cards sure. give you powers. Um, some really unusual powers, too. Not only, like, golf powers where you can, like, change the direction of the ball or stop it in time and things like that, but you also can, like, explode, you know, dynamite that's around or do different things like that. I like the mulligan card. That's my favorite one because mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I, like, mess up a lot. Um, so it's got those together. You're going through a system. You're talking with a weird uh, ghost who is down there helping you out and you're going driving your little car to different rounds. Um, and I think we talked about this pre-show, but I think some of those courses are pretty long. Um, most of them are like multi-level courses, yes. vertical level, vertical yeah. multi-level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a con for me after playing it enough. Uh, I'm just going to jump into the cons first. <laughs> cause <laughs> yeah, I, go ahead. cause I like the style we talked about it before in the preview. I like the idea of a golf game. That's a roguelike. And I, in general, I like this game. But I think the cons that I started seeing as we played it more, which was that verticality really started bothering me. Because if you mess up, you mess up bad, right? Yeah, yeah. You can go all the way back down to the bottom. Now, you're not going to start there because if it's a water hazard, you just start from where you were. But it still makes you feel pretty defeated. Um, now, those little statues all along the way, and you hit those statues, they get you your like more um, swings. Yes. And that's super important. And that like saved me so many times, but there are a lot of what's that game? Mousetrap, um, which is old school callback. There was a board like the game. board game. Mousetrap? Yes, there was a board game. Only that our podcast reference old board games, 
called Mousetrap, where you had to do all these different things. Well, you've seen it. I'm sure there's it's a like a, It's like version. a Rube Goldberg thing. Where Rube like Goldberg. You have to set up this giant Rube Goldberg string of events. Yes. And then if you, you, you push a uh, marble... And then it sets off the Rube Goldberg stuff. And the point of it is like you eventually want to catch a mouse in a cage. But there's like 18 things that have to happen in sequence before you can get to that part. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. And uh, this game has that. Like it's got this thing where if you hit the golf ball in this little fan, it'll go to another fan. That fan will go to another area. And then you might hit a teleporter. Um, I just was a little frustrated by that, to be honest. Because if I did it my way, which I love golf games. And I want golf games to let me do it my way. I think the best ones do that. Um, and I played probably all of them. I probably played every single golf game. But when I, when I'm too tied to those kind of contraptions, it bothered me a little bit. I would say so. The verticality and that kind of got to me. What what do you think? Um, you know, I I have to say I ended up not loving this one as much as I thought I was going to. I really thought the the demo was really fun. But kind of like you said, as I started playing the real game and I got further into it, I I started feeling like I needed it to be a little bit lighter and a little bit easier so I could kind of breeze through it a little bit more. And I don't mean to say like, oh, Brad hates a challenge. Whoa, what a what a wimpy. <laughs> That's game what I that always say. Is. Brad hates a challenge. Uh, but it's like, but it's like I, I I think you're right with the verticality. So so backing up just a little bit. So you're like this ghost. Uh, you get hit by lightning. You go to the underworld. You get a golf. You, you start at the bottom of the underworld. You got to golf through 18 holes to get back to the surface. And that's when you, I guess, come back to life or, or go to heaven or whatever. Um, so cool idea. I'm into the idea. Uh, like Hades plus golf seems like a really cool thing to me. But I agree with you um, about the Vercali. So are, I don't know for sure. Carlos, do you know, are these levels randomly generated? It kind of seems like they are. Yeah, I heard there's like, um, and they actually say that in the game, that there's um, an overlord god or something. Greens. Okay. Okay. Peak or something and uh greens keep and he like changes it up sometimes okay, so it so. does they do change sometimes yeah that might be an issue because i was playing some okay so number one imagine like playing golf and like three or four or five different vertical levels and sometimes it's not the easiest thing to do uh for example i was playing one level and it was uh the uh, i only had a couple strokes left before i ran out and then i would have to restart my run so i was trying to make it there i was in good shape otherwise but then i got to this hole where I was at the bottom of a platform. The only way to get to the next platform was a like a hole that was maybe two squares wide, maybe two widths of your character. And right below it was a blocking platform that meant that I somehow had to get my ball up onto that tiny little platform. And then from that platform up through a vertical hole, which if you look at the physics of that is basically impossible. Like, yeah. I don't know that I could have done that. Now I did. There are power ups that let you do some wacky things. There's like a U-turn ball power up and i think uh the one that i probably needed in that section was the turn your ball into a rocket power up Mm -hmm. but that kind of stuff i mean i i don't know maybe that was a fluke or what but like i felt like my only option was to have a superpower handy and if i didn't have it that was basically a game ending hole because i didn't feel like there was a way for me to get through it wait can i speak to that real quick yeah there was just in a regular level there was like dynamite you know and blocking Mm -hmm. my way and Mm -hmm. i didn't have the dynamite card the detonator thing. Uh, yeah. yeah, and and because when that happens, you have to like you just hit it with your ball, and then it bounces your ball back. Yeah. So I was like, I yeah. felt like almost like what you're saying. I felt like, oh, I'm just screwed right now. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. Like I felt like I felt like I was basically screwed in that, and that I, my my run did end. I mean, I lost that round, and I got kind of I got kind of sore about it because I was like, that's not a legit hole, and if I didn't have the rocket card, which I didn't, I don't 
know how I would have even made that shot. I mean, maybe the developers, you know, obviously they know their game. Maybe there was some technique I didn't know about, or maybe there was some trick I wasn't hip to. Um, but I was like, this is kind of frustrating because I feel like I'm, I'm getting these holes that are just really, really difficult. And it's more about maybe having the right power than it is about playing golf. And I was right. kind of hoping it would be about golf. Um, so the vertical stuff was kind of putting me off. And I got to be honest with you. Um, love the graphics, love the idea. I mean, it's really cute and stuff. The controls are really well, but like, I, I gotta say, I feel like 18 holes is like a lot. Some of these holes I feel like are pretty long, like you said, and I never finished all 18 holes. Um, I think I never got further than half maybe. And I was like kind of exhausted by that time. And I'm like, this is like really, really long. So I get that the end of the game is when you get to the end of 18 holes and that's cool because you need to have something to shoot for. But I have to wonder if maybe it could have been broken up into smaller chunks somehow or or maybe I mean, or maybe I just didn't get far enough. I mean, that's very true, very possible as well. Um, it just was kind of like defeating on multiple levels. And I kind of just like stopped playing it because great idea. But I just I I just didn't feel like I could win. Let me let me do. Um, I, I, I agree with you on a lot of that. Um, let me say another pro, though. Um, yeah, because as you finally play it for real for a while, you learn about the spin Yes. And now that spin is real good. I'm going to say that. Super good. Super good. Super good. And really fun to do, too. Like, yes. Like immediately you when you uh, hit the ball, um, wait, do you have to have a spin card to do it? No, you can just do it anytime, right? No, no, you can yeah. just do it anytime, yeah. You hit the A button or whatever button you're hitting, uh, and then a direction, which is in other golf games back in the past. I remember those, this kind sure, of spin sure, thing. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, classic. Uh, and then, but you can do both. So I love the fact that you can do forward spin and then back. Yeah, it's pretty um, amazing. A lot of other golf games would only let you do one, right? Like you'd pick a yeah. forward spin or back yeah. winner. So I, that felt really good. And to get those little sweet moments of getting into a hole based on like doing those spins felt yes. great. So I think sometimes, um, yeah, the art of actually or the, you know, the playing of it was really fun to me. I just think it's level design. Like for yeah. me, and it's not like a huge, like, um, negative at the developers because i think they it still works all of it's like you know fun and but i also agree that i just found it too much too difficult at times so that i didn't want to keep playing and that's tough because you want me to especially a roguelike get more cards and buy more things at your shop and i have to feel like i've done something you know and i'm not super like defeated after my last run so i think it's level design for me other than that i like the graphics i like the gameplay I like the the style of it, and I like the concept. Um, so for me, it's just yeah. If there was other levels, even if there was like DLC, and it was just like all straightaways, you know, like yeah, I would yeah. be like so in love with this game if it was just all left to right. Yeah, I I, I agree, dude. I think you've kind of nailed it there. Um, I, I will give one more pro because uh, I like your pro about the spin. One pro that I really liked a lot um, was if your ball gets in the hole, it stays. It never bounces out. Which yeah. as you know, playing a golf game, sometimes it bounces out, or sometimes something wonky happens. But if you know that your ball is going to like magnetically stay to the hole, you can arrange for some shots that might not make sense otherwise. So I appreciated that. I mean, that was a cool decision. I like that decision very much. But I think you are right on the money, sir. I think this is the game works. It's cute. I like the concepts. The mechanics in general, I think, are fine. I think for me, just like you, it boils down to level design that doesn't quite hit the fun factor for me. And I think if they had just changed it up a little bit to make it feel a little bit less defeating, because, you know, I can I can play a roguelike a lot and I have to have I have to feel like there's hope. Right. I have to feel like if I just had done this thing or if I just had uh, done something better or, you know, like there's got to be like a little light at the end of the tunnel. And this one, I did not feel like 
there was always going to be light at the tunnel and that it felt pretty defeating. So that I think they need to work on. But if they fix the levels like less verticality and just had more horizontal and um, I mean, not take it out entirely, but I mean, what you're basically doing is like you're kind of golfing up a five story building and it's just really fucking hard to do that. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel as fun as I, I was hoping it would be. So uh yeah if they fix the level design i think i'd be back in i think it's a winner otherwise but yeah kind of kind of hard right now yeah I, I mean if there's dlc and it was left to right like old school golf i don't want them to change their whole game based on that but no like, not the yeah I, just... I really do like the idea of objects and explosions and all these different you know cards and stuff all of it feels fun yeah yeah, um, yeah. i just you know, like you i just want like a different kind of level yeah. setup or just like a flat one once in a while like not every level being so vertical i felt like they were all too vertical so. yeah yeah every once in a while that'd be cool and that's yeah, something to patch yeah. in i'm just saying yeah. All right. Curse to golf. I feel like it kind of, it almost got there. So close, man. It's kind of, kind of disappointing, but all right, there we go. Uh, let me talk for a minute about Thymesia, T-H-Y-M-E-S-I-A. I'm playing this, uh, was playing it on the Xbox. Uh, this is a Bloodborne alike. It is a, not a Souls like, but a Bloodborne alike. Somebody played Bloodborne and was like, this is really cool. I want to make this exact game. And they really tried their hardest to make that exact game. Um, so just full disclosure for everybody up front, uh, if Bloodborne exists and it does, like you got to bring your own spin. Like do not try to make that game again because it has been made probably by the people who could make it better than anybody else on Earth. And they did it. It's right there. You can buy it. You can play it. I finished it. A lot of people have. Um, so don't stick too close to that formula. Uh, similarly, FromSoft is a great developer. I think everybody can agree on that. Whether you like their games or not, they've been influential as fuck. A lot of success. I mean, genre-defining, created genres. I mean, you can't say that From is not a influential developer. But that does not mean you do exactly everything that From does because From does it. If they have a mechanic that makes sense in their game, don't copy it if it doesn't make sense in your game. If it, you know, Don't just follow in their footsteps exactly because... These people are giants, right? You're not gonna you're not gonna outdo them at their own game. So find your own spin. Um, that to me is why a game like like Neo is very successful, right? Because they take the basic concept, take off in their own direction. They're not following exactly in From's footsteps. In the case of Thymesia, like why the fuck is Brad talking about all this stuff? Get to the fucking game, Brad. I know I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Thymesia, I feel like is one of those likes, souls like Bloodborne like, where they don't have enough of their own hook. They are following in the footsteps of what From has done, and From has done it better than anybody else could do it. Uh, and by 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 comparison, your game is not as good. It does not feel as fresh. It does not feel as exciting. So I'm going to get into more of it. Um, but that's kind of my basic takeaway was like, I just feel like you're just doing something that From's already done and you're doing it worse. Kind of a losing proposition. Now, Carlos, you, you had kind of alluded to this earlier. You talked about this game like back in 1973, and I had forgotten... Mm-hmm. Um, so I honestly didn't remember you ever talking about this or you even playing this. So before I keep yammering on, what was your take on Thymesia back in the day? Yeah. Cause, um, I brought it to the show because we had been playing Elden Ring and that's the game that converted me, uh, to some souls like experience, uh, probably better than any other game, even like the other, you know, dark souls and demon souls. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, just kind of like, oh, I can play Souls games now. I'm going back in. Let's let me try all the Souls games. Going back in. Uh, I don't know if I got a code or if I had a demo. I don't know, but I played it a while ago. Like you said, 1973, I think. Like on PC? Uh, a year before I was born, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which tells everybody that I'm an ancient person. Oh, snap. Uh, I P- yeah, PC. PC, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think 
because I was already like really excited about Souls games, I was like, oh, I can play these now. I think it was easier than a Souls game. Um, I did. It was definitely like fast, like Bloodborne. You know the mm-hmm, the action. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I saw as many similarities as you did. And I'd love to hear about them as you talk about this review. Sure. Because um, it did feel kind of like it had enough of its own thing, but it was copying like, I mean, a lot. And even to the fact that when you die, like it's the same font. All right, dude. <laughs> Which get is the like, fuck get the fuck the out the of font. here. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Get out of that yes. font. I didn't like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think there was a lot of other things that were interesting. I remember liking some of the powers. Um, I do remember like rage quitting <laughs> at some point and never going back to it. I don't know why I did that, but I did. And I remember thinking it was stylistic. But it was also like kind of forgettable. Um, yeah. So yeah. those are the my takeaways. I can't remember too much more. I mean, that's a pretty good summation, honestly. I think we're probably going to end up in a pretty similar place. I mean, it looks like Bloodborne in terms of like the rotted buildings and your character kind of um, has kind of a Plague Doctor look about them. But they've got like a little cloak and they kind of move similar-ish to how Bloodborne moves. Um, but like a lot of similarities. Like there's like instead of a bonfire, you get like a little chair. It's kind of the same thing. Um, there's no blocking unless you like unlock it in skill tree much later on. And it's not even like a full block. Like you don't have, um, diversity of build, uh, like a souls game. And you don't even have diversity of build like a bloodborne game, because at least in bloodborne you had like, I don't know, like 10 different weapons and each weapon had a transformation mode. Um, you know, like sword to whip or hammer to sword or something like that. And this, it's like, you've got your little dagger. And I mean, I think there's a couple other weapons, but I didn't bother with any of them. They didn't seem as good. And like, this is like a parry game. And I'm like, oh, mm, mm, I fucking hate parrying. So few people do it correctly. I don't even think from does it correctly. Uh, and so like, you have to parry a lot. And I found the parry to be pretty unpredictable. I, um, I also feel like, uh, you know, if you die, you got to do a corpse run like anybody else does. Like, there's just like a lot of like the same, like mysterious city kind of stuff. Like it just felt like very much like they were biting from Steve's in like all the wrong ways. Like it just was like kind of like a, well, from does this, we're going to do this too. From does this, we're going to do this too. And I, you know, like, Oh, rest at a bonfire. All the enemies come back. I mean, like why? I know why souls does it, but why does anybody else do it? Like, I just, can we just please get off of this for a second? Like I just, it's bugging me. Wait, wait, can I, um, yeah, it's almost yeah. like a, uh, a segue bugging me kind of, uh, there's disease, disease bugs. Maybe. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's a stretch. Uh, there's a disease. And I remember liking that mechanic. It was interesting. It was like, you could take the disease and they give it back to the enemies sort of sort of so this is okay so this is like there's two main attempts for this game to be original and i don't feel like either one works okay this is the one that you're describing is the main one where if you attack an enemy uh you'll it's like they've got kind of like a double life bar sort of you attack them the life goes down with with your sword you attack them but then you have to hit them with your claw which is your other hand to make the life stay down and that was that's the disease mechanic which Mm. i don't think makes any sense because number one it's stupid it's just like I have to hit a guy. It feels like the opposite of the Bloodborne regain mechanic, where if your character in Bloodborne took damage, if you instantly went on the offensive, you could regain that life back because you were going aggro. Um, so it gave the player incentive to be very aggressive. It makes sense in Bloodborne. I understand why they did it. And I think it works. This is like the opposite where your enemy takes damage. You have to then follow up to lock in that damage. Like, why? Like, yeah. and honestly, like, it doesn't even make sense. And them, if you don't hit them, they will regain that life. And it, it regains so slowly. I felt like I was able to kill guys without ever locking in the damage. So I kind of felt like it didn't make any sense at all. Um, the other thing, I think the other part of the disease mechanic that you were mentioning was 
you can quote unquote like steal some I don't know sickness or whatever from these guys. You have to charge up a move, and usually it's most successful like when you've got a guy all the way down, he's about to get executed, he's in a stunned state. You charge up your claw, and then you steal like green juice or energy disease whatever from him, and whatever weapon his weapon is or her weapon or their weapon, um, it you get that weapon. For one hit. So let's say, for that's example, what it was. Yeah, that's yeah, what it was. Yeah. One of the very first guys that you fight, uh, some sword guy, like you stun him after getting his life down. He stuns, staggers. You charge up, you hit him with your claw, steal his juice, and then it's you get like a green sword. It's like a giant, like long sword. It hits for a lot, but it's a one use. You do it one time and then it's gone. You got to like steal it from another guy. So it's kind of a cool idea. But also, I kind of wish like it lasted longer, or maybe you could do more with it, or maybe you kept it until you found another guy. It's basically just like stealing. It's a lot of work to steal a weapon that you only get to use once, and it's nice if you can do it, um, but I kind of feel like it just isn't quite as developed or as satisfying as it should be. Well, let me that dovetails into, I think, the real issue. I'm just going to go ahead and say it, even though this yeah. is from like, my review from 1973. Uh, my preview from 1973 um, is that... It's an action game. It's not a Souls game. Like a Souls yeah. game, like you mentioned earlier, Elden Ring, you'd have different upgradable like swords and you find different things. And in this game, if it was a Souls game, you'd actually steal that actual weapon, yeah. which would be cool as shit. Yeah. And then you'd have it and you could upgrade it or something. This one, it's an action game. It's like a Devil yeah. May Cry moment. And you're like, yeah, aha, kinda, I Devil May cry you back, yeah. you know? So I think yeah. that's the, the, the difference there. That's a difference. And one thing that really killed it for me ultimately, um, and I'll tell you, this is like a no-no for anybody. Anybody that pulls a shit on me, I'm out. Um, so there's a concept of super armor. Are you familiar with super armor, Carlos? I don't think so. It's kind of a fighting game um, term, but it's also another game. So basically what it means is once you um, commit to like a certain attack or something, you can't be staggered out of it. You're going to, you're going to, that attack is going to happen no matter what. Mm. Um, sometimes you're invincible. Sometimes you will still take damage, but that arm, that attack is going to happen. And so the enemies get super armor in this game and it pissed me the fuck off. So like I'd be fighting a guy, like a mid range guy, go in there with my sword, whack, 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 kill him or, you know, get him real down. He stagger, stagger, stagger. But at some point the game is like, okay, you've hit this guy enough. Now we need to hit you back, even though you've been comboing him and you've been on the uh, offensive. So like after like three or four hits, he just stops. He gets the super armor. And, it, and this is just like, a, it's not like he gets armor on. It's just like a, a change in his posture. All of a sudden, he's not getting staggered by anything you're doing anymore. And then he hits you. Mm. And I'm like, fuck everything about that. Like, I'm getting in. I'm getting the combo. I'm getting the drop on this guy. I'm stabbing the shit out of him. And then all of a sudden, the game is like, nope. He gets to get his hit off. And I'm like, fuck that. Like, that is that is the biggest bullshit to me. I fucking hate when it, games do that. So, um, I don't know. I just it, This game just rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't feel like it was original enough. Didn't feel like it was bringing its own ideas. I didn't feel like it felt great to play. It was just like a worse Bloodborne and the ideas that it wanted to give to me, I didn't feel like were fully developed. So I I did not care for Thymesia at all. I did not finish it by any means. Um, I got it, you know, I got a, I don't know, a chunk of it in and I'm like, okay, enough. I just, I just don't want to play this anymore. So I think that's why I rage quit, by the way, is I probably encountered people who had super armor and I was like, wait, but I thought I was doing good. You know well, you I mean? were. I was. The game just decided that it needed to stop yeah. you. What, but yeah. last thing about that game is that it's really weird as F. Uh, what? Why am I not swearing? It's weird as fuck. We can swear um, on this podcast. I know, can we? <laughs> you can. I used to say that back in the day because I did a lot of brand safe content, and I would say sure. as F. Sure. That was an old comeback. Uh, so, um, callback. You throw feathers in this game, which is weird. That's yeah. a that's a weird thing. 
And they're supposed to that's be daggers, another, but they're feathers? I don't get that one. So that's another... I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot. That's another swipe from Bloodborne, where in Bloodborne you have the pistol in your left hand. That's not really used to shoot people in terms of damage, but it's used to stagger them, oh, stun them out of a... Yeah, stun them out of attack. It's the same thing. You have three feathers. I'm not sure if you can get more or not. You might be able to get more, but like when you see a person doing a certain move, you throw a feather, they stagger. It's basically the same thing as the gun, although less predictable. Um, again, swiping it from Bloodborne, and it just doesn't work as well. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, that was Thymesia for me. Not my thing at all. I guess if you're starving for more Bloodborne and you've already beat Bloodborne a million times, I guess play it, I suppose. But uh, I, I, I have a hard time recommending that one. Um, over to you, Carlos, for Video Game Fables. This was like a very random. We needed something for the show. I had a couple codes laying around. You chose this one out of a hat. Uh, I don't know anything about it. Um, did you know anything about it when you uh, got this code? No, uh, not really. It really was out of a hat, but I did like look at like you know the trailer for a second. So gotcha. Okay, yeah. video game fables on PC. I know literally nothing about it. Tell us all about it. Well, it's going to be a short one. Um, <laughs> here's the, here's the thing. There's a pro and a con. Okay, there's a big pro and there's a big con. I'll make it short. Okay. It's a cutesy, two D, three D, which means like Paper Mario style, like two point five. Eh, yeah, no, it's like a 3D world, but like the characters are all oh, 2D. Oh, 3D world, but 2D characters. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And they're gotcha. all pixel based 2D, right? So they're not like hand drawn. They're like little pixel characters. Gotcha. But they're flat. And they, they because they're flat 2D pixel characters, they make jokes about that, right? So, like, I'll get to the story in a minute, but in the, mean, in the, the beginning of it, you play as a princess and she's stuck in a prison. So she just turns her body to the side and like goes through the bars. You know, oh, yeah. People, people have done that joke already. You can't yeah. swipe that one. So this game is an RPG in that style, 3D world, 2D little sprite characters. It's uh, essentially like a jokey, uh, you know, tongue-in-cheek, making fun of RPGs kind of in a way, but also just trying to be a regular RPG. Sure. I think it might have a struggle with which one it is, but in general, it leans toward being funny. Okay. And that's what I enjoy from the trailer. I was like, oh, if they're going to like make fun of like the hero and stuff like that, then I'm all in. Uh, the beginning of this game, you start as a princess. You know, there's a huge evil monster. It's all the same story of like him trying to, you know, take her. He does at some point. But like I said, she leaves. And she's like, this is boring. I'm out of here. So it has a feeling of some of the humor that I like from, you know, these comedy RPGs that I play. Mm-hmm. So that's what drew me in. And in the beginning, it, it works pretty well. Like, there's a talking chair, and the talking chair helps you escape for reasons. Sure. And I mean, I mean, that's what talking chairs do. That's what they do. And uh, he can't, by the way, uh, he, she, it can't get out of the prison because, you know, only you can fit out of the hole. And so he's like, but I'm a chair. I'm stuck in here. Anywho, um, I think the problem lies <laughs> with the humor it doesn't always land, but when it does, it's pretty funny. And I'm like, okay, I can keep playing this RPG for that. The other thing is it's like it's my, my first RPG, so it's definitely like for younger people, I think. Oh, intentionally aimed at a younger audience? I'm maybe? not going to say that because I don't want to like you know disparage the developers in case they were going for older audience, but it's just super easy, right? It's like that's the style of the game. And it's almost like it's telling you combat maneuvers and tutorial stuff that you all probably know, right? Like you know how to upgrade your character. And is stuff this like is this like real time or menu based, or is it like a action? Is it like the Paper Mario where you're in a a turn based battle, but you have real time elements, or like what kind no, of combat? No, it's just are a turn based, straight turn based RPG. Straight up, yeah. Okay, gotcha. But the okay. point is, that in the beginning, they're just they're just telling you a lot that I think most people who play games know, and so that's what 
bugged me a little bit because I was like, I know all this. I don't, we don't need to do this many menus. Um, there's also a lot of menus, um, which so it was. It kind of was not. It didn't fit with what the vibe was in the beginning. It's like comedy RPG, and then it was like, here's how you play an RPG. And I was like, yeah, but you're making jokes about it. You know what right, I mean? Like right. I thought we were all on the same page. So that threw me off, dude, like hard. Because I was like, I want to really enjoy this kind of comedy you're doing. Here's another example of the comedy. Before you leave the main area, and by the way, if you have a party of three people, uh, it's kind of funny because one of you, you know, they're just kind of determined for you in the beginning. You're the princess. You're a hero who is like not really supposed to be a hero. Also kind of funny. A monster. Because the monster was like stuck there. And his like monster master took off. And he's like, well, I'll go with you guys, I guess. So again, I like the setup. Um, but as you're leaving, you know, you're like going to all the little different parts of the village and they're showing you how to use like a save system and stuff. And I was like, oh, I know how to use a save system, but they make it funny. Cause you go to the, like the inn, and the guy goes, Hey, I can help you out. If you just lay in this bed over here, you know, you'll get better. See, I'm adding the voice for effect. And so the, the princess like lays down and she's like, okay. And then she goes to sleep and she wakes up and he's just standing over her, <laughs> the innkeeper. <laughs> Gross. And she's like, were you watching me sleep? And he's like, yeah, just for a little bit. You were just out for a second. I want to make sure it worked. For some reason, that was funnier than creepy. Now that I'm saying it out loud, it seems funny. Sounds pretty creepy, creepy but, but I, I can it's see how it would be funny. It's supposed to be a joke. I get it. Then you get out to the overworld, and you're fighting monsters, and you're doing regular RPG stuff. But then the comedy pops back up. So it's kind of a mixed bag for me. I feel like I would have loved it a lot more if they didn't hold my hand with the RPG stuff, because I was like, you know, you're making fun of it, so I think we should already know about that. And it is like very simple, you know, like super simple. Like, um, yeah, I want to like it. I don't think I'm going to stop playing it because I do like some of the humor, but it just it's it kind of is a mixed bag for me because it feels like it's going in two directions. If that makes sense. Well, you know, it's really tough to be a parody of something if you are still remaining within the structure that you are trying to parody. And also, I don't really understand, or I guess I don't know how successful it would be if you were trying to parody something, but you're also putting yourself forward as kind of a beginner version of that thing. So the people who might likely play that thing are not mentally ready for a parody because they are probably playing it for the first time if it's kind of as simple as you're describing. So I kind of think that maybe, I mean, I haven't played this, but based on what you're telling me, it seems like maybe a couple of mixed signals going on here. That's exactly it. My, my review is mixed signals, which isn't negative because I like the things that they do right, uh, especially the beginning. I always love a beginning where you're the princess and you're, you know, something else happens and it's not what's supposed to happen. Um, you know, and it does that and it introduces comedy and weirdness, little creepiness, which I, I liked. Uh, in the beginning, like, you know, you again, you're, you play as a character for a second who's not a hero, but kind of like just was in the right place at the right time when the princess was leaving. And now he's like, he's think he's, he thinks he's the hero. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I just wish they would like double down on like not showing any tutorials and just been like, yeah, this is an RPG. Go play it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So other than that, it's kind of interesting and... Uh, I think I'll probably play a little more, especially if it like doesn't do as many menus and as many hand-holding as you go right, along. Right, right, right. All right, well, I guess fill us in if you finish it off. I'd be curious to see if it kind of develops one way or the other. It seems like it's kind of straddling a couple different rivers there. Maybe it's got to just pick one. But Yeah, by the way, right. by the way, come on. Straddling a couple different rivers. A, no one's ever said that, and B, that's the name of the episode. 
All right, video game fables. Uh, PC, right? PC? Yeah, that's what I'm playing on. All right. Uh, last game of the main content here is a game called Voyage. Uh, man, Rattalaika Games. Motherfucker. Oh, no. Really? Dude, it's the Again? same old story. It's that... Uh, oh, my God. I. It's. It kind of reminds me of that beauty and the beast where they're singing and they're like a tale as old as time uh, yeah that, my relationship with Radalika is a tale, as, as, a old tale as old as time, as time. Yep. um they get me we've said this a million times every trailer they put out is hot shit i'm like yes that game looks dope oh wait a minute who puts out Radalika? oh no and you still Be- do it though i still do because their trailers are so good i want to meet the person that makes Radalika's trailers because man they are a genius they could sell Ice to a penguin, brother. They could sell anything. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What was the one in Tommy Boy? He could sell um, a ketchup pop, pop, a popsicle to a woman in white gloves. <laughs> I've never, That's from I've never heard that one. Yeah. That, is, uh, that, makes, that is a good one as well. I'm going to mark that one down. Um, so basically, they got me again. They got me again. They're going to get me every single time. I, just, I keep falling for this because the trailers are great. This looked like a 2D, um, I don't know, like... No words, you know, uh, language free, text free, speech free story of like, it looks like a a male ish character and a female ish character being partners, kind of walking through this weird, kind of a hand drawn world, look kind of enigmatic, look kind of adventure y, maybe a little bit of a brother's vibe sort of kind of a thing. Um, So I was like, okay, this looks kind of cool. And I didn't know it was from Rattalaika at first. And then, um, you know, plug in the game boot it up and it's like Radalika and I'm like no and my wife's like what's wrong I'm like oh Radalika oh my god I you know I feel like I should sponsor the show because I feel like we talk about every single game they put out we do honestly. and just call it damn you Radalika damn end. you Radalika yes exactly so okay so what happens is yes it is that game it is a 2D hand-drawn male character female character but like let me circle back to the unintuitive thing uh I feel like this game is the poster child for what it means to be impenetrably unintuitive um so i start this game not knowing anything about it other than the trailer which looks like two people walking through a weird wilderness and look cool uh the game starts and you're in like this dark screen man character woman character and then there's a couple like rocks or something it's nighttime and then you have these four like little i don't even know what they're supposed to be like these things you're looking at on the screen like one is like the d-pads on the left then you've got what looks like um the dragon ball radar from dragon ball and i'm like oh, what that's weird i hope there's not dragon balls in this game then you've got like um like abxy and then beyond that you've got four buttons that are in the shape of abxy but there's like an eyeball an open hand a shaking hand and then something else i forget so you have like all these icons on the screen at once no text no tutorial no voiceover no instruction and so i'm looking at all these things i honestly i don't even know what the dragon ball radar does now i still don't know what it does um <laughs> So I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, so I'm moving the lady around. You start off as a lady walking back and forth. You hit one of the buttons and it goes like a little ping. And then like her head or her hand puts off like a little radar ping. And then the three rocks that were on the screen pinged. I'm like, okay, okay. Rocks pinging. I get it. My, uh, it's obviously something I need to do with these. I'm looking around. I, I'm not, I'm not figuring out what to do. Like, I'm not sure why the D pads on the screen. I don't know what that means. Um, is this a message like i just i just don't get it right so like right off the bat whatever that initial series of icons they were showing me i did not understand what the message was um so that is unclear uh and then i'm like walking around i just couldn't figure out what to do like i hit the button and then i saw these little ghosts that were on the screen they look like little goblins or something i'm like what are they are they enemies no 
are they friends? No, they just keep doing the same thing over and over. And I don't know what they're doing. They're kind of like moving around and I'm, I, I just don't get what the motion is. I don't understand it. Um, and so I just get really frustrated, dude. Like this is the first screen <laughs> period. The first screen. I did not even get past the first screen and I got really frustrated. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm clearly not connecting with this game. This game is not connecting with me. I don't get it unintuitive. So I'm like, okay, um, Hey son, come over here. Uh, you're 13 and you play many different games than I do. And your brain works in different ways than my brain works. Um, take over here and tell me what you can get out of this. He's like, yeah, cool. So he jumps on, my son jumps on and he like walks around. He's like, what am I doing? I'm like, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. And so he's like, he's walking the lady back and forth. He can switch back and forth between the lady and the guy. And he's just, he's like, I don't know dad. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, shit, I don't know either. And so I call my wife over. I'm like, Hey lady, um, she plays different games than I do. Her brain works in a different way than mine does different game experiences, but also a gamer, no doubt. I'm like, Hey, look, I'm stuck on this. This is literally the first screen. I can't figure it out. Can you please, maybe, maybe you, your brain can find something my brain can't find. And she's like, yeah, no problem. She jumps on stumped. Can't oh figure it out. So me, 46 year old lifelong pro gamer, editor of a games fucking website. Couldn't figure it out. 13 year old, um, super Fortnite, super construction, super Kerbal brainy gamer. Couldn't figure it out. And my wife, super puzzle, super platformy, super action gamer, couldn't figure it out. Neither one of us could figure it out. I had to FAQ the very first screen, brother. The very first screen. So this screen. is a recommend for you then. Absolute recommend game of the year. <laughs> 10 out of 10. No, 10 out of 10. Don't say no, that. No, no, don't, don't say, say that. that. Don't, don't say that. that. No, don't say it. We're going not... to make a joke now about not giving yes. reviews because we can give reviews. That is, that is absolutely not a review. That Do is not, not a review. 10 out of 10 I didn't say that. Like that. Nope. No. So I got stuck and I had to, I had to, I had to FAQ. And I'm like, it's funny because. I'm sure that the developer, whoever that is, was like, my game doesn't need words or text because it's so intuitive and makes sense. It makes sense to you. Like, you are clearly not understanding that there are brains out there that don't work in the same way that yours does. And I was stumped. I had no idea what this game was trying to tell me at all. So I, I jump on an FAQ and I'm like, oh, OK. So what so what was happening was those little ghosts were. It looked to me like they were climbing on top of a rock. I'm not. I'm still not sure what that was about. But I had to walk to like the back of a rock, hold down one of the buttons that I didn't think did anything, and then push this giant fucking boulder, which to me looked like way too big for my character to push, into this center of the screen. And then all of a sudden, like a magical portal opened up. And I'm like, okay, none of that. Once you knew what to do, it took you like four seconds. But I, I literally couldn't figure it out. My entire family couldn't figure it out. This game stumped my family. That's mm. how weird it was. So I get past that screen. Go to the next screen. I don't understand what happened. Um, it's like you put the rocks together, a flash of energy, and then you're falling out of like a stasis tube. I'm like, was that a hallucination? Was I in a dream state? Was I in a different dimension? I have no idea what just happened. So you fall out of this juice, fall out of a stasis tube. You're in a new land. Don't know where you are. And you're just like the very next thing is like um, you're, you're, the ghosts that you saw are pulling you up to the next ledge. So I'm like, okay, I got that. No problem. Got to the next thing. One person jumps up. The other person pulls them up. Got it. Very next level. There's a rock. You need to push the rock. I push the rock. And then what? I can't get it. I don't understand what's going on. You, you, you ping the thing. There's a, there's a ping on the ground. Okay. I got to be on the ground. I got to push the rock. I got to move the rock. I jump off the rock. No, I got to lift the rock. Can't lift the rock. Partner on the rock. I'm on the ground. No, that doesn't work. I'm like doing literally everything I can do. I can't, I cannot figure it out again and so i'm just like okay i get to the point and i'm like i'm out i'm out i'm out i'm out i figured it out like one second before i quit the game but it's like if this is like how this game is going to be i don't need this aggravation clearly this game and uh the developer and 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 me are not on the same wavelength like at all and that's fine but 
you have to realize as a developer that if you are taking the risk of having no language, no tutorials, no instruction, no teaching, you have to go the extra mile to make sure that what you are putting on screen is approachable to a wide variety of brain types. My yeah. brain type did not match at all, not even remotely. And so I'm sure that it makes sense to this person who created this game, probably spent three years making this game. They knew it inside and out, could play it blindfolded, I'm sure. But you need to approach that in a way that other people can approach it. I was so stumped and so frustrated. Uh, I didn't, I, nowhere near the end. I don't even know what happens next. I don't care. I don't fucking care. I just was so angry and frustrated. So that was a huge, probably worst game I played all week. And maybe it's a cool game, but the fact is there's more to making a successful game than just making the game. Like you have to think about players, uh, teaching, tutorials, approachability, in-game teaching, examples. Like there's all sorts of stuff that goes into making something playable. You can't just make it to your own tastes. And if you do, I mean, this is the result, right? You get an asshole like me on a podcast completely tearing your game down uh, because I had a bad time with it when actually you're probably a real nice guy or girl or whatever person and you probably had the best intentions of making this game. But like there's more to it than just that. I agree, but let me put one little asterisk. Yeah. Because obviously like a game like The Witness or something or like other games where you go, well, that's just artistic vision. If you can't play it, you can't play it. Um, yeah. And that's true. Like th there are games that like this and other ones. Yes. That people aren't yes. just for everybody. That's fine. But like sure. you can just assume that that's okay sometimes too, because it's not like if he or she or they added like a tutorial, you'd be have a better experience. Maybe you wouldn't, you know. Um, but or maybe it like compromises their art because the witness wouldn't have a fucking tutorial at all ever. Um, but you know, by the way, I noped out of that game because I was so fucking frustrated. Um, <laughs> even though there was moments of awesomeness, I still left at some point because it wasn't my brain, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's just the only thing is that like there's some artistic things out there that just isn't for everybody. Um, but I mean, I basically agree. Also, fuck the witness. Also, uh, I hate that game as well. Witness. Fuck the that witness. one moment though was really awesome. You remember that one moment? I, no, I hated. I hated every second of the witness. There's a I room. It. I would say this real quick moment. You're standing in this huge castle and you're looking down at this like maze and you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And just by looking at a certain angle, like everything comes together. And it's like this cool fucking moment. Anyways, I, I didn't have that. Moment. Okay. I, I don't know. I hated the witness. Um, but I mean, I agree. But at the same time, I think there's definitely something to be said for setting the, the player up to be successful. Maybe not in a puzzle solving sense. Like, you know, I get what you're saying about the witness and how those puzzles are specifically designed. I mean, they're not designed by accident. But in this case, it doesn't feel intentional. It just simply feels to me like the developer did not anticipate that people would not understand what they were trying to tell us mm -hmm. and did not plan for it. Right. Like it, I don't think these were really puzzles. It was like pushing a block in the very first screen. Isn't really a puzzle. It's supposed to be, Hey, you can push a block. I'm going to show you how, even if you don't use words, there should be something there that is clearly signaling. You have the ability to push. Here's a block. You can yeah, push. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it felt like they didn't even get to the whole ability to have a puzzle because I wasn't even sure what the game could do i wasn't sure what my options were i wasn't sure what was possible not possible so i you know i get what you're saying for sure but in this case i don't think it was like a jonathan blow moment i think it was just like uh i made this game for myself and i didn't test it with enough people kind of moment sort right. of thing so Fair. anyway all right that is voyage and that is the no 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 we got one more game we one more do. game we do we have one more game the, the surprise game that apparently everybody in the world knew about except for me yes uh, you brought this to me before the show, and I'm like, what? Say what again? Say what? I'm sorry, huh? I had no idea what you're talking about. 
the Diofeld Chronicle. I've literally never heard of this game. Or Diofield. Diofield. I don't know. I don't know. One of them. I don't know. So I mentioned to you pre-show. Um, also, I mentioned to you on this show. I don't remember that. I, I will deny that. I do okay. not remember that. I don't think we can we can Google search for Diofield Chronicle. You know, is there a search that searches um, audio? Only if I put it in the tags of the show, oh, and I don't remember this, sure so I probably did didn't put it okay. in the tags. Yeah. Well, one of the like showcases, Summer Game Fest, something, I mentioned it because I saw it as a trailer, mm-hmm. and I had mentioned that it's an action, um, wait, re- half real-time, half turn-based action strategy game. Okay. Uh, maybe I'll just say real-time strategy, turn-based. Oh, man, I'm fucking this up. <laughs> it's a turn-based strategy game first. Okay. And it has real-time elements. Okay. And in the past, I'd mentioned, like, I like the art style, and it's also Square Enix putting it out. So I was like, okay, pretty good company. It looks really cool. It's kind of mixing the idea of um, what's the Octopath Traveler style visuals. I like those kind of, like, really rich 2D visuals. Rich 2D, more detailed 2D than, like, Octopath, which is more pixely. Okay. This is definitely more definition in the characters. Okay. But it does that same depth of field thing in the little scenarios. Yeah. So like yeah. this is a turn-based game strategy. So you're in this location fighting monsters, you know, giving orders. But in those locations, they all kind of have that vibe to it. Um, so I just played the demo real quick, and I didn't finish it, but uh, I played quite a bit from it. And yeah, I think I'm in. I talk about this on the show all the time. I'm still looking for a good Advance Wars type game. Um, because I go to some strategy games and you go, Carlos, you're not going to like it. And I go, you're right. I don't. Um, now the game that you think is the best game in the world, what's it called? Into the breach. Into the breach is a same style of game. Like it's XCOM style, right? Where you're yeah. giving orders. Yes. Um, that has no real time though. Am I right? It's a 100% turn based. Yeah. yeah. So this is mixing the two, which I think is harder to find. So you're giving commands to your troops and your heroes like advance wars. Or I like uh, Fire Emblem, more like Fire Emblem, where, you know, these characters have talking parts and they're like story characters and they're your army or whatever. And you're fighting, you know, people. So you give them actions on the battlefield and then then they go start doing them in real time. But you can, you know, stop at any time and issue commands. Is is this at all kind of like um, Valkyria Chronicles at all? Yes. Did that mix at real time? I forgot. It's been yeah, so long. because you had it was turn based, but then once you picked your character's turn, like you kind of controlled them in real time and running around a screen. So, oh like, no, you could, like, not at dodge all. Not that. No, not like not that. that not part. Like that. No, no. There's no action okay. where you're controlling it. It's still just a strategy game, but they're moving. You know, the real time part is them moving. So, like, hey, give me an example. Like, here's the monster or the bad guy you're fighting. Some evil guy. You send your three troops, and you can use. It's really intuitive. Back to intuitive. Oh, Jesus. It is very intuitive with the controller because I was playing it on PlayStation. And you just hit L2 trigger and it select all the all the heroes. And you say, okay, move to this area. So they, they start going. So it's like an RTS sort of? Yes. it's got. That's what I should have said in the beginning. Oh, man. I might be out then. Okay, hold on. And then at any point, you can pause. <laughs> and so say like I moved all those heroes to the bad guy, right? I pause at any time by just selecting one of the heroes. And then I pick a special move. So they got like special abilities like you would an RPG. And then they execute that special move. And then I can pause again and put a potion, you know, eat a potion or whatever. And then the, and then that's it. That's how the game plays. So the auto attack, unless you stop to do something special, like a special move or move them. So again. like Final Fantasy 12 or something. Yes, like you're assigning yeah, yeah. a gambit to somebody. Was it 12? Yeah, totally. 
the first well the first one was 12 where like you tell somebody what to do they go do it or maybe they have an assigned behavior script they go do that thing yeah but then if you need to change because situation changes or whatever you pause it give them a give them a different action or like a heal or something and then when you restart time they just keep doing the thing you told them to do i think yeah and you can do that in xenoblade chronicles too i think that same style uh yeah yeah Yeah. similar. Uh so anyways That's the longest intro and explanation of what the style of the <laughs> game is. Minus that, you get the idea what it is now. Um, I really like the graphics. And also, uh, to, to just go against what I just said, there is one more style of this game, which is the third-person uh, walking around game. So I remember I mentioned a few of these games on the podcast before where they mixed those two. King's Bounty is one of them. In King's Bounty, you walked around as a third-person character. And then you get into battles, and it does like the battle scene. So that's the same thing. I didn't. I was kind of surprised to see that. Once I finished my first main battle on this demo, it jumped to a character that was just walking around the screen, third person. So it's it's mixing those two together. I like it. I don't know. It seems really interesting. Just played the demo, but I've been waiting for a strategy game that I can really get into. And you know, it's hard to mix the two, third person and 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 strategy. So we'll see. But I'm excited to try more of it. Interesting. I man, I just I don't ever remember this coming across my radar. If you talked about this on the show, I completely blanked out on it because this name doesn't sound familiar. I was looking at it on on Google and on Google Images, and I'm like, man, I don't remember ever seeing this game. So I must have. I, I don't know. I was in a fugue state or something. I was just, briefly kidnapped by gray aliens. I don't you know might have happened. been frozen. Have you seen that video? Which I'm going to give a treat to all of our listeners. This is usually a, a before you go moment, but. There's a really creepy, weird vi- uh, video of Al Franken, not Al Franken, Al Rope Roker, the news reporter. <laughs> yeah, the, the the yeah on Today Show. Today Show, and there's a just YouTube like Al Roker frozen at like something happens and he looks at the camera and just freezes and he doesn't move for like 17 seconds. You have like a mini stroke or something? No, it's it's told that he was doing a joke with the director, but there's other scenes out there, and this is a rabbit hole by the way on YouTube. Of like people and celebrities, a lot of them are celebrities, like freezing, and it's weird. Like there's one with Shaq, and I I, w- I wouldn't put it past Shaq doing it because he makes a lot of you know funny things, but it, it's creepy looking how frozen he is, like a video game character. Um, this is a tangent I didn't think I was going on. But wow. Why did I bring this up? I don't know. Like uh, I said, so, oh, because I said. I didn't remember anything about hearing or seeing this. Game. Oh, were you in a frozen state? Is what I was. I saying. was in a fugue state because yeah. I, when you talked about, I mean, if you talked about it on the show, if you indeed did talk about it on the show, I absolutely don't remember it at all. So, so. in 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 that world, I talked about it and you were frozen, like in those. That was my, my Al Roker moment. Al yeah. Roker moment, and the reality is, I said like two lines about it. So. <laughs> Yeah, because I remember going like, "Oh, look at! Did you see that in Summer Game Fest? It was like a strategy game. It looks cool, huh, Brad?" And you're like, "Eh, not for me." Anyways, moving on. Probably, probably. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna go after this. I'm gonna go download the demo. It's on all the platforms. It's right? on all the platforms right now, and there's no reason not to try it. And right. I like a strategy game. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'll go check it out. All right, Di- Diofeld or Diofield or something. Yeah. Chronicle. Yeah. I'll go check it out. All right, that is the end of the game's content. End of the main show. Uh, before we move on to one last thing, before we go, I do want to give a quick shout out to the people who retweeted the show last week you are all my personal heroes thank you very very much um shout out to my tainted brain marco mortiaro hopple game and angelus underscore oh four thank you all very much you are the personal heroes 
of this show and this episode. I really appreciate it. Every share helps. Every re- retweet helps. Every mention helps. So thank yes. you. Thank you very much. Um, okay. So one last thing before we go, Carlos, uh, one last thing before you go. I got a bunch. You got anything? Two quick ones. One, uh, I am going to play Saints Row. I know. What am I doing to myself? Mm. It comes out in two days. I have just enough money to get it. Oh. We, okay. So wait, wait, we did wait, not wait, get wait. a code. So we did not. Wait, wait, wait. I can't say anything about it, but uh, I will say, I, I'm not going to say any details. But I've been in the re- review game for a while, and based on how this game is rolling out, I have some concerns. You do. So I know. I do have some concerns. Now, here's the thing. You know with me and concerns. What do I, what do, I do about concerns? <laughs> you throw them to the wind. Yes. I, I take all my hard-earned money, and I throw them at things <laughs> that people say I should be concerned about. And I get them anyhow. Uh, game developers, you know, you like me. Uh, anyways, it's because of this. It's it's easy. I need another open world game, and it's been hope, a long I, time. It has been. I hope it's good, man. I mean, I love the Saint series. I'm definitely a fan. Um, I hope it's really well and good and and fun. Uh, I'm gonna hold off. And like you said, we did not get a code, so whatever, it's fine. We don't get codes for everything. No big deal. Um, but just based on what's going on behind the scenes, which I'm not going to talk about right now, I I do have some serious concerns. So my I hope that it's hope that's fine. Hope things are okay. But I I am very cautious all right all right um do you want to do oh and then i have one no more no thing. go ahead go ahead uh, i just want to mention we talk about movies and shows all the time i finally got around to seeing elvis um now elvis is the boss I mean, he died quite a while ago what are you talking about what okay elvis on. has been dead for decades dude. i know i said the movie oh no you didn't say that. you said <laughs> yes that's what i said what do you think it I was said? that was a very weird transition you kind of like didn't quite seal the deal there you're like and then we talk about movies and then I saw Elvis. And like, oh, like I just saw him on the like street. Like you just like, okay, I mean. That's fair. At, at QFC. I did also did see him to... at the grocery store, yes. Um, <laughs> but it was just one of those lookalike Elvises, and he was sure, quite sure. portly and, and smelled a bunch. But um, I gave him some money. Anyways, no, no, this is Boz Lerman. Uh, he is the director who's done crazy movies, mostly a lot of musicals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Romeo do? and Juliet, uh, Moulin Rouge. What's that French one? Moulin Rouge, yeah. that's what it was. And I liked all, I think I liked all of them. He gets a little self-indulgent. That's kind of his style. Sure. But at the same time, uh, they're always a spectacle. They're really like, you know. And I love his transitions. He does these weird transitions where like, you know, a signpost will come up and that's the transition. I just love his style. I really do. And so this is, weirdly enough, has Tom Hanks in it as uh, Elvis's manager back in the day. A lot of this is based on reality. I mean, it's not like a fictitious story. Um, it's, you know, it's what happened in a really quick, short synopsis way mm-hmm. and a very stylistic way. So, you know, they embellish well, if, a bit. Uh, if, if Tom Hanks is Colonel Tom Parker, that's exactly who, is playing, who is playing Elvis? It's Austin Butler, who I've never seen before, which I always like. Actors who I don't know. It's not like the person who's supposed to be in every movie. So I've never seen him in anything before. Hmm. Fucking perfect. Like, amazing. Uh, I just really like this movie. It's epic. I actually watch it in two sittings because it's like a super long movie. Uh, I do that for some movies. But man, oh man, it's like, it's a little depressing. I also maybe start thinking about my life because at the end it does talk about Elvis and what happened to him. But you it, also really like banana and peanut butter and bacon sandwiches. I do too. as well. Yeah. And I ha- my apartment is known as Graceland. Um, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it shouldn't be because it's just a small room, but um, it's the it's the Graceland of studio apartments. Anyways, this game, this this movie, it's a game because we talk this about games. game, the Elvis game. That'd be pretty. It's cool. really fucking game. good, man. Like I think I'm gonna, I might even watch it again. 
Wow. I don't know. Like, there's something about it. His spectacle, the way he does it. Yes, does he? He doesn't hit everything. But when he does these moments in Elvis's life, because I know Elvis quite a bit, like his comeback special and the Christmas special and stuff like that, they really you go YouTube it and it looks real close. You know, like they're doing a lot of shot for shot stuff, but then they're embellishing and having these really fantastical moments. It's a visual treat. Here's my review. <laughs> we're not doing movie reviews, <laughs> but I would say it is a visual treat if if I were giving it a movie review. Um, and I highly recommend it. It's such a weird, fun watch. Okay, right on, Boz Lorman. Yeah, I think I've enjoyed uh, his films. I don't know that I've seen them all, but I have. I have enjoyed the ones I've seen. So yeah. definitely got a style to him. All right, cool. Uh, all right, so one last thing before we go. Um, just heads up that the I Am Groot series of trailers are up on Disney Plus. Uh, they're all like I don't know, like five, ten minutes, where Groot, the tree creature from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, is on his own and he's going to get into different shenanigans. Um, I think the first one he's like in the spaceship and he's kind of like uh, competing with this other like bonsai tree for some space or something. It's mm. just, got, you know, very cute, very kid oriented, very light. I think there's maybe like six or eight shorts. So check those out if you want to. Uh, also, She-Hulk debuted this week starring Tatiana Maslany and also uh, what's his name? Mark Ruffalo was the guest star as the Hulk. Did you uh, see She-Hulk at all? Any I did and I want to ask your opinion because uh, all the internet is a buzz with sure. how much CG that is and how, I mean, in my opinion from just watching, you know, video, how off-putting it is in my opinion because I like that actress. I've seen her before. Yeah, she's a great actress, um, yeah. And then it doesn't look like, in my opinion, like the actress anymore because it looks like a fucking computer graphic thing. So... I'm, I'm, I know I'm like polluting the waters saying that, but you're peeing in the pool, Carlos. What, what'd you think? Um, you know, I saw the trailers before it came out and I was feeling the same way you did. I thought some of the early footage was kind of bad and I don't know how else you would do She-Hulk other than paint her green, which would absolutely not work at all. Um, but I feel like in the final product, there was maybe like one or two scenes where I was kind of like, mm. but overall, I feel like they did a, a great job. I mean, and after a few minutes of watching it, you kind of just like don't obsess about it. i mean i maybe maybe people do obsess about it but i i kind of like let myself go and didn't really try to nitpick the cg too much um but it is a lot of cg because it's like the very first episode it's like she hulk and her cousin the actual hulk talking and those are both two cg characters so most of the show is two cg characters talking to each other in real life settings mm. they're in mexico for most of it um and so you have to get past that if you can't get past that then maybe don't don't bother with the show but if you are able to get past it, I got to say, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, the writing, I think, is really good. Um, and they address the situation of how she becomes She-Hulk right away. And it all makes sense. Um, they've got a lot of She-Hulk's uh, personality quirks from the comics. I mean, she's still a lawyer, of course. Um, she's dealing with being uh, a new Hulk. She breaks the fourth wall often, which is something she did in the comic book like all the time. That was one of the things she was famous for in the comic book. Um, and I think it, it just gets off to a really good start. I feel like it was really well, well done. And one of the, I'm not going to, I mean, it's, it's like the, the hot point of this episode. I don't know if you've heard about it or not, but at one point the Hulk is trying to train She-Hulk to, to master her Hulkness. And I don't feel like this is a spoiler because the entire internet is aflame with this one point right now. It's like the biggest talking point about the show and it kind of tells whether you're going to like it or not. Um, but she learns how to become the She-Hulk like in a day. And the Hulk is like, what the fuck is this? Because it's taken me 15 years to master my Hulk. And she's like, yeah, but I'm a woman and I take shit every single day and I'm used to, to dealing with shit. 
and you're not. So like you got fucked up behavior problems and you're a man. Jeez. I'm a lady who puts up with this every single day. So this is nothing. Didn't and she just like instantly masters the shield. And it makes sense. Like it makes perfect sense, right? Like you talk to any woman. My wife has some fucking horror stories of being a woman. Any woman you talk to has horror stories of being catcalled, harassed, followed in an alley, you know, mansplained to, talked down to, abused, whatever. I mean, literally every woman on earth has stories about this. And I thought it was so brilliant that the writers took that, that real element of being a woman and use that to her advantage. I mean, it gives her like this giant advantage of being the She-Hulk because she's already mastered all those things. Staying cool, staying under control, not flipping off and having somebody call you emotional, not getting mad and having someone say that you're PMSing or something, you know, like it made sense in the show. And a lot of people, I think the assholes are having a big problem with that. And I think the cool people are thinking it's cool. So I'm definitely on the cool side. I liked it. I thought it made perfect sense and I'm totally fine to roll with that for the show. Um, if you have a problem with that, I think that maybe you might not be a good person and you're probably not listening to the show in the first place. <laughs> so I liked it a lot. I thought it was very good. I'm mad at Disney plus because they're going back to like weekly bullshit episodes. I want all the episodes I would have watched. I would have watched four or five episodes in a row if they had been available and I really wanted to binge it, but fuck Disney and their goddamn weekly. Well, weekly episode I know, drops. but back I'm just, you know, just put, I know I'm putting why they asterisk. Do it. No, I'm putting that why they do it. I'm putting an asterisk because I, some of us like that. Oh, I hate Some it. of us no. like that. No, it's bad and wrong. It isn't bad, bad and, and wrong. wrong. Some of us like it. Anyway, I thought it was really cool. I'm definitely going to watch that. So good on She-Hulk. Thumbs up. Good job to Tatiana Maslany, too. Good job. Um, this was also a weird week because my family and I kind of juggled a bunch of shows. And we finished, like, three shows all kind of at the same time. Um, we finished Doom Patrol. I know that you're not the biggest fan of Doom Patrol. Uh, I think season one and two of Doom Patrol are probably some of the finest TV that's ever been on TV. I think it's just really magnificent stuff um season three just ended and because of what's going on with time warner and hbo this is likely not going to come back um i'd be very surprised if it had a way to come back because uh, as anybody knows who's been following the social media stories the guy at time warner is slashing and burning hbo for i mean he says tax purposes and a lot of people are like that doesn't make sense and whatever whatever we're not going to get it here but basically they're killing a bunch of shows they're taking off a lot of animated shows they're taking off a lot of original content He's basically like destroying everything that made HBO so popular in the first place. So I would be very, very surprised if Doom Patrol comes back, which is unfortunate because I think it's a great show. Um, season three, not their strongest season. Uh, one and two, I think, are uh, magnificent, but it was good. I love those characters. I'm sad that we're probably never going to see them again. So there was that. We finished uh, season three of The Boys. Uh, do you watch that or you don't watch no, that? You don't, don't watch that. And I mentioned it on the show before because yeah, we talked I'm so about mad it about it because I don't like Game of Thrones injustice yeah um the boys is really excellent um it's a it's a tough show to watch and i feel like i am legitimately traumatized by it i think we we mentioned this earlier this show has given me trauma it's given my wife trauma um every time we watch any show whatsoever where there's a quiet moment or if someone's in a car and it's a quiet moment we are expecting that that person is going to explode into chunky bits dude, that's um, exactly why you don't watch this show then dude that's like, and it happens all the time i it is it has broken me it uh, has broken me the same way that like clock tower broke me on ps1 it's like broken like irreparable damage dude so like anytime a quiet moment i get real antsy and uncomfortable because i'm waiting for the bomb to go off dumb so it sucks i hate that i got traumatized but i will say this show is pretty brilliant in some ways and season three much like a lot of season two it's all about trump and maga shit dude like even though they're superheroes what they're really talking about is the political unrest that's happening in real time in the United States. Yeah. Like the main character, uh, his name is Homelander. He's kind of like evil Superman. 
um, he is becoming like this total Trump figure, right? And all the people who support him are becoming like the Trump supporters. And like everything that he does is more and more awful. And he keeps thinking that the people are going to reject him and they just love him even more. Right. But can I just keep going? Can I stop you right there? That's exactly why I would never watch that show when we're in this moment in the real world of that stuff happening. And I know he's playing a character to ham it up. But you mix that together with the already injustice that I would feel out of a Game of Thrones show, that makes it the the, the exact recipe for me not to want to watch it because he doesn't lose. And if this guy doesn't lose and he's representing this, I think, negative, you know, for sentiment, sure, for sure. then why would I want to watch a show about that? I mean, I want to see him lose, right? But like, he hasn't I, lost I, yet, right? He hasn't How many lost seasons? yet. No, he's, he hasn't lost yet. And I he's think that's kind of... Lose in parallel with what's going on. But I mean, I think, I feel like it's the value in this is I appreciate seeing that there is somebody else out in the world who sees the same things that we do. Right. Like when I look at the news, when I look at Twitter, when I see whatever crazy shit's going on in the country, I mean, America is like, is losing its fucking mind. We are a Republican decline. Rome is burning. People are fiddling. Like it's crazy here in America, like real talk. It's, it's nonsense. Um, annihilation times and like I'm glad that I'm not the only one because sometimes you can just like be around people who just don't acknowledge that and it's it's kind of crazy making to to not get that same sense from people that you talk to but like the show heroes absolutely sees that they see the exact same thing that we see a lot of the lines in that show were taken verbatim from like Trump rallies and you see it on the show and you're like oh my god it's like so fucking crazy I hope that someone somewhere is just going to wake up or, or just realize that, you know, this is what's happening. And even if we have to talk about it in superhero terms, let's talk about it somehow and let's get it up there and let's 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 focus on it a little bit. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know. But I mean, at least for me, there's the hope that Homelander is going to get his, his, his comeuppance. Hasn't got it yet, but maybe he will. Well, but at the very least, I appreciate seeing characters who are trying to do something about it. To the point of that, well, two points real quick. One, the boys comic book, no one loses. Like... There, are awful people that do awful things. That's why I wouldn't read that comic book. I haven't read. And that by the way, that comic book, I think the first episode, there's like a, a horrible, horror, horrible moment, and you're like, oh, geez, that's burned into my retinas. Um, and then secondly, you can do what you're saying, and you can do Homelander, and you can align things with what's going on in this world, and then you can make justice happen in that show. And why the fuck aren't more, you know, directors and writers making those shows? I think, and this is a plea. All right to people who have more position of creating shows than I do right now. I think it's important to do that now more than ever. Because all the things you say are true, right? And in this interestingly horrific declining Republic moment, make shows like that where there are these, in quotes, you know, negative, difficult, monstrous people and have them lose. And you know how much power that gives you back? Just by watching that show. By the way, asterisk again. Why do you think I play RPGs, Brad? Because <laughs> you like to kill God. <laughs> oh, I like to kill the monsters. I like to kill and defeat the evil emperors who are taking over the land. They, how many times is an evil emperor taking over the land? So that's what I'm saying. I think more movies and more shows should do that. And I think there are some that do. Um, but that's why I have my strong. I mean, I agree, dude. That. I 100% agree with you. I, I mean, that's kind of why we're watching it too. It's like, ah, man, like the day that Homelander gets served is going to be a great day. And I hope that they get there. I mean, I haven't read the comic, so I don't know how that goes. And I don't know how faithful the show is to the comic, but man, I just like, it gives me heart to see the team, the team of the good guys kind of like, you know what they need to do to do the, to do this. So I like that. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that we get that. We didn't get there in season three. I mean, no spoilers, but Homelander's still around. 
Um, and I just, I just, I really want to get there. I really want to see him get served. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, and we'll also, so, but to clarify, the boys season four, I'm sure is coming. Uh, that's not ended ended. Uh, but one show that is ended is amphibia. I've talked about this a couple times. It's on Disney plus is a, a cartoon from Matt Braley, who has worked on some other cartoons. It's about a girl named Anne who is Thai. Uh, they talk about that several times on the show, like her Thai background and her Thai family comes into it, which I think is awesome. You don't get like Thai main characters very often, especially where they don't talk about their culture and stuff. Um, but she gets sucked into a world of frogs and like people, you know, anthropomorphic frogs and she has adventures with them. But then after it goes from adventures, uh, kind of happy go lucky stuff, it turns into like kind of a more series arcing kind of overall story. It gets pretty serious in the end. Uh, we just finished the entire series series wrapped up. It did finish uh, to a natural conclusion, which was great. Um, overall, I can't say that I agreed with everything they did in the final season. I felt like they were, there's a couple things that I could have done without, but I feel like overall, I love Amphibia. I mean, the first three or four seasons were amazing. The frogs are great. I mean, just their family dynamic and how they get along with Anne and everything. Like, it's just, it's such a great, great cartoon. I definitely feel like it's up there for me, kind of like along with something like, you know, Gravity Falls or like a mm. Steven Universe or something like that or a Disenchanted or something. It's not, uh, it's got its own vibe. It's got its own tone, but like, man, the voices and the characters and the adventures are just really heartwarming and really really good and really connected with us so i I'm, i love that show i'm kind of sad that it's over but i'm also really happy it got a chance to naturally conclude and the story got wrapped up and it's one of those stories where they bring back literally every character that's ever been on the show ever even the smallest roles they all came back at least once in the final the final run-up oh, that's nice. so if you're like an rpg player and you like those endings where they bring back everybody you ever met along the way oh, and yeah, what yeah. happened to them this this is like the rpg version of that like you know they tell you every character you liked, every character comes back, and it's really cool. So I, I love Amphibia. If you've never given it a chance and you like, you know, Steven Universe, Gravity Falls, uh, you know, anything like that, Disenchanted, whatever. If you like those cartoons, I, I bet there's more than a fair chance you're going to like Amphibia as well. Give it a couple episodes. It'll grow on you. It's good stuff. So. Check it out. Check it out. And that brings us no, to the end. No. Of, no. <laughs> I thought that was it. <laughs> Almost, I, I just things? want to give you one more thing because uh, based on what you just said, uh, yeah. I just want to remind you uh, people to watch Reservation Dogs. Uh, I oh, think yeah. one of the finest shows on television maybe ever. Uh, when I say fine, here's what it is. Uh, yes, I'm Native American, so I have a little bit of bias. But secondly, it's one of the most real shows. There's so many shows that don't just like double down on their, uh, you know, the culture of what they're trying to show, the the moment, the the people. This is just like such. You could just feel its realness. Um, and then secondly, this last episode, I think I was on episode three. It had this moment about someone passing. You know, I still think about my dad, who was you know the biggest influence when it comes to native culture yeah. for me. Yeah. And I like started tearing up, and because it like. I basically said like, fuck you guys, like what was happening while I was like tearing up because what they do, minor spoiler for this show, the show is um, they literally make you cry and then laugh. You know what I mean? Like yeah. right yeah. after. And I was like, like on the verge going like, oh man, this is really hitting me. And then they threw a perfectly time laughing and you're like, oh, fuck you. That's like great. Like I mean, that's wonderful, dude. That's like that's like life, dude. You can be in was. the darkest place, and then you can laugh, and then that's why it's it so real. I, yeah, I was like, awesome. "What's happening right now?" They just made me cry, and they're just making me laugh. And in second, and then when I finished the show, I just sat there for a while, and that's just one episode. So yeah. everybody, yeah. watch Reservation Dogs, dude. Oh, dude, we are perilously close to starting that. Well, like, like I said, we just wrapped up like three shows this week, so we're gonna start a new 
rotation of shows. That is one I of the. I really hope you do yeah. soon, dude. I really think oh, yeah, your yeah, whole yeah. family will be like just. I'm gonna I'm it. gonna bring it up. I'm gonna bring it up to the fam all this right. afternoon. Okay. I think so. All right. Cool. All right. Okay. Oh, and now we're done. Anything else? No. Now we're, we're done. done. Okay. All right. That is a show. That is a show. As always, folks. Thank you for listening. Uh, also, uh, we do want to get your questions and comments, just like Elio Campitelli did at the beginning of the show. Hit us up, somebodygamespodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at somebodygames. But you can reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing our traffic this week, sir? YouTube.com slash Carlos Rodella. That's the thing, in case you didn't know. Also, uh, TikTok.com slash Carlos Rodella. No one searches for it like that, but just look for Carlos Rodella, I guess. And that's it. There we go. As for me, same as always on Twitter, on Instagram. It's my name. B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y All A's, no O's. And that's going to do it for episode 298. Thank you all again for joining us here on the Sobity Games Podcast and we will see you again next week. But in the meantime, this is Bye From Brad. Yeah, Bye From Carlos. You were saying this super fast, so I had to do I was, I was saying. Anyways, we got to wrap it because we're hot and tired and we just did a long episode. Bye.